human knee. I've diagnosed some people. I think it's been pretty accurate. Definitely done my fair share of psychiatry work. I've prescribed a few pills, you know. Crime and me. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Crime and We're your hosts, Matt and Ange, and it is Pride Month! Woo! Happy Pride! Happy Pride, y'all! So, I just wanted to do a quick little Pride shout out to all my LGBTQA plus alphabet soup family out there. Uh, just want to say that it takes immense courage to be yourself and that should be celebrated. And it is definitely yes. very hard to come to terms with being different, especially when so much of the world is against us just existing. Especially when you're like not even different, but some people want to point fingers or whatever, but you're just a person. Yes. So like, what the fuck? Yes, Um, but so with that, I am here to say that we're queer, we're here, get the fuck used to it, we're not going anywhere, (laughs) we've always been here, we aren't leaving, so all my queers out there, just want to say that your feelings are valid, you're a valid person, don't listen to those hateful bigots out there who spend way too much time up our own asses and should be spending time up their own asses. Yeah. Uh, I know that the world, a lot of places in the world, still not safe to be your true self, and that there is a lot of hate in this world. How? Mostly How? perpetuated by religious bigots with big money who like to put money in the pockets of other people and make laws that make us invalid, but we're not, and you can't stop us, you fuckers. Uh, I was gonna <laughs> spend time yammering on about these assholes. And name some names. Well, we all know that you could get real heated. Like, uh, um, fucking, what's that horrible place called? Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. Then they told everyone that they weren't... Hobby Lobby. Yeah, that they weren't going to give money to the anti-LGBT laws and stuff. But guess what? They are. They're still doing it. So uh, if you're buying that chicken shit, you're chicken shit. Boycott those places. Yeah. Also, I want to say on a Christian mm. note... If you're a real Christian, I'm going to read you a little little passage from the Bible. It's 1 Corinthians 5, 12. It says, if you're a Christian, this is for you. It isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders, but it certainly is your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning. Damn, in your face. Stop judging people. Judge yourself Mm -hmm. first. Only, only judge yourself. Yep. And, you know, I have too much love and compassion for my alphabet soup family and to waste an ounce of hate on these people trying to hold us back because we are not going to be held back. Uh, All I know is that there is nothing wrong with us. There's nothing unnatural. There's nothing unlovable. We are just just being authentic people, and that's more than a lot of people can say about themselves. And we we are targeted. We are assaulted. We are murdered. We have archaic laws put against us. And all we want to do is live our lives like everyone else. It's hard enough on this planet without being targeted for ha- being a target for hate. Uh, I could spend this whole episode listing names of people, human beings who have been assaulted, murdered, or treated unjustly just in this year alone, and it would take up an entire episode. Uh, every one of these people are constantly on my mind and in my heart. This hate needs to end. Hate is so toxic, it kills from within, and innocent people get Mm -hmm. hurt. 
So please, if you find yourself being hateful towards the LGBTQA plus community, ask yourself why. How do you justify holding hate in your heart for people who have done nothing to you and just want to live a fabulous life? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And don't you dare say the Bible said so because it doesn't, as Angela just pointed out. Life is hard enough. Uh, We all need to be there for each other and support each other. So this month, let's celebrate the brave humans who chose to be themselves, to embrace their truths, and to live authentically. Let's also celebrate those who cannot come out because of threats of being kicked out or even murdered. Mm. Diversity is what makes the world go round, and it is what makes things interesting. It's how all kinds of ideas and growth come about. So to my LGBTQA plus family, I see you, I believe in you, I love you, you're valid, you're necessary in this world, you are love, happy fucking pride, bitches. Yay. Yay. Now tell me something yeah. fucked up. <laughs> well, I was just going to say the most lovable oh, yeah. thing you can do is be authentic. You're 100% right. Yeah. So... But not everyone has the luxury of being authentic. Yeah, so a bunch of assholes just, just like keep that in mind. Live your own life. Let us live ours and everything will be good. Okay. okay. I'll tell you a story. So I didn't okay, I hope this goes over well because I didn't want to do a murder uh-huh. this week. I've been like kind of straying away from murders because it's depressing and I've have enough shit happening <laughs> that's like stressful in my life so i chose uh one of my favorite go-tos a little scammer oh scammers so i got my information from wikipedia there's this boston herald article sequenceinc.com sequence uh i know <laughs> gotta love a good sequin- <laughs> sequence 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 <laughs> What was that one? Se- uh, on RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah, yeah. Sequence. Sequins? What was it? I don't know. It was hilarious, though. Sequin- it was um, Roxy Andrews. Yeah, it was. <laughs> 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 Fuck. I can't remember. It was so funny, though. Damn it. Damn. I wish I had like better timing. Okay, Sequence, mm-hmm. Inc. Uh, Suntimes.com. ABC Local. And Reuters? You say it, Rutgers? <laughs> Reuters? Washington Post. Okay. Kevin Mark Trudeau was born on February 6th, 1963. He grew up in Lynn, Massachusetts. He was adopted by Robert and Mary Trudeau when he was little. His mom was planning on telling him he was adopted when he was 21, oh. but a cousin spilled the beans when he was 12. I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like you should be pretty apparent in the beginning. 21, well, that's like pretty old to learn that you were adopted. Well, Kevin said that after he found this out, he had major insecurities, yeah. and this is one of the reasons why his life went this way. Mm, which I don't know about whatever that, asshole. But okay. I do think that like you should definitely know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, people make their own, especially like in the '60s. I feel like people were kind of like, "Oh, well, it's better not to tell them because we don't want them to feel like we lied not to them for the 21 years." <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It was the 60s. We I don't didn't know. let them experience and learn about their authentic history. Well, people had trouble in the 60s yeah. uh, talking about things. Yeah, people still do. Yeah, they do. Okay, he said his dad was a welder and his mom was a housewife or a homemaker. 
He went to his first Amway meeting at 15 (laughs) years old. For those of you who don't know, Amway is an MLM. I'm like totally obsessed with MLMs. So (laughs) I wanted to look up like a scammy MLM story. And then this one just like spiraled out to places that you'll soon discover with me. Very excited. Okay. Then... So there at the Amway meeting at 15, he learned that he wanted to be financially free, which I feel like is what all the MLMs are always claiming, that you'll get financial freedom, which is not accurate at all. Yeah, you be your own boss. All you have to do is sell some things, get other people to sell some things. That's the thing you got to do is you got to get other people to sell some things. (laughs) You're not going to make any money selling your own things. Mm Then he started a mail order business, which he says netted him a million dollar profit by the time he was 18. Whoa, so we're talking like 70, late 70s, early 80s? He said he was born in 63, oh, right? Maybe do math. Yeah, I think early 80s. Yeah. Yeah, like 81. Uh, but this, okay, you'll learn this guy liked talks a big game, so I don't know. Mm. He went to St. Mary's High School in Lynn, where he was voted most likely to succeed. Well, I mean, also, he was in an MLM at 15, so yeah. Okay, by the class of 1981, <laughs> so it was early 80s. Yeah, he was an entrepreneur. Uh, also, like, what schools were voting these things? I'll, apparently a lot of them. Uh, if your school voted on these things, please let us know because. Yeah, well, I hear about it all the time where it's like tell? I was voted, like, most likely to whatever. And it's like. You hear it like real life, like real people tell you that. Well, now I now you have me questioning myself, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Oh, I've never met a most likely to anything, so. I mean, they're usually. But I like, definitely wasn't a most likely to anything either. Oh yeah, I don't know. Oh. Uh, I don't. I, mm. So Kevin later said that he thought if he made millions of dollars, then he'd be somebody because he was so insecure about being adopted, whatever. Mm-hmm. After high school, Kevin became a used car salesman. Well, yeah, it's kind of like an MLM. So we're just like stacking it up. <laughs> then he joined the seminar circuit. Uh, he was selling memory improvement techniques. Oh, What? He said he adapted techniques used to improve the memory of the blind and the mentally challenged to create mega memory and advanced mega memory audio tapes. Did he make this up? Uh, I think so. I mean, I, maybe he was using like some memory. But this wasn't, this wasn't an MLM thing. This was his MLM thing. This was his uh, seminar circuit circuit. hawking his mega memory shit. So, (laughs) so his his like memory enhancing product seminar circuit was ended by the Federal Trade Commission. Uh They alleged that the claims that Kevin made were false, and programs involved would not enable users to have a photographic memory (laughs) as he had claimed. Wow, boo, FTC. Yeah, they shut him down. They're like, this is not going to give you that photographic memory. Can't you just, okay, then in that case, like, shouldn't the FTC shut down churches? They're like promising that you're going to, like, have eternal life after you die or something. Like, that doesn't seem right. Well,. Okay, but you go to church, even though you're putting money in the collection uh-huh. box and all that, you're not, like, purchasing – it's not, like, a direct, like, 
we'll give you these audio tapes. I mean, it's kind of like you show up, you put the money in the basket, God's going to really like you. Clearly, they got some loopholes going for them. (laughs) Clearly. And Kevin didn't. Yeah, well, you got to get, what is it? You got to get certified as a a nonprofit or a a religion, so you don't have to pay taxes and stuff. And then you get loopholes. You got to get the religion status. Religion stamp. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It comes with a nice so, little package of child diddling and uh, and loopholes. Oh. So. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, moving okay. on. His name first appeared in court records on October 25th, 1988, when he was 25. Mm-hmm. A Middlesex County grand jury indicted him on seven counts of larceny. Ooh. He posed as a doctor in order to deposit $80,000 in bogus checks. I mean, did he wear a stethoscope? Because that's important. He well, he was obviously dressed like a doctor, so I don't know if <laughs> that like, meant he like, had a lab, with a lab coat, coat and a stethoscope to the bank, and he was like, "I definitely need to cash these checks. It's for my medical <laughs> business, as you can tell. I'm a medical doctor, and I'm in a hurry." He's like, "I make house calls, and my uh, patients pay me with checks yes. directly." So in 1990, he he pled guilty. And then he was sentenced to 20 or maybe 30 days. He said 30 days. Something I read said 20 days. So in 1991, Kevin was indicted by a federal grand jury in Boston on charges of credit card fraud. Flawed. 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 (laughs) He had charged $122,735.68 on fraudulent credit cards. He, he pled guilty to 11 counts and spent two years in federal prison. Well, one, I hope he bought something good. I doubt it. <laughs> when Kevin was 42, he explained his crimes in an interview. He said, quote, they were youthful indiscretions and not as bad as they sound. Oh. And besides, both were partly the fault of other people. Yeah. And besides, I've changed. And the larceny, he explained, as... Oh, and the larceny, he explained, was a series of math errors compounded by the mistake of bank officials. So it, like, wasn't even his fault. And as for why the bank thought he was a doctor, that was just a simple misunderstanding because he jokingly referred to himself as a doctor in memory. (laughs) So, like, wasn't even his fault. He was just, like, making jokes, and they took him seriously. I mean, it wasn't even a lab coat. It was just, like, a white sports coat, and, like, the stethoscope was just a necklace. (laughs) It's just a white duster. I don't even know. <laughs> he, he, like, couldn't believe that he was prosecuted, and he said, give me a break. Okay. <laughs> okay, then he said the fraud he committed because he paid a bill late, which led to American Express giving him bad credit ratings, <gasps> which just wasn't right. And after right. that... No one would give him a credit card, which was so insane that he had little choice but to apply for credit cards with fake social security numbers. Oh, man. So, like, it wasn't even his fault. I mean, I'm going to say it was rude, rude of the bank to do that. (laughs) Well, they forced his hand. Yeah, what else are you going to do? Look, I get denied for a credit card. I obviously have to go get some fake social security numbers and open a credit card. Uh, Open 11 credit cards. Fuck it. How else are you going to get credit? You've got to. Mm-hmm. You've got to have credit these days. Mm-hmm. Some of the credit card numbers that he used were actually stolen from 11 customers oh. who had signed up for his memory improvement courses. 
So Mr. Mega Memory, as he was formerly known, said that he didn't think that he did that. But then he said it was a very blurry time in my history with all the stress. So he doesn't think he did it, but he like really I can't recall that time in his life. But, you know, it probably if I did do it, it probably wasn't my fault because like the well, bank he said, and these- Also, he said that the prosecution was outrageous and American Express mm. and the prosecutor had it in for him. Yeah, they so, are outrageous. Just, yeah, outrageous. Wow. Yeah, just outrage. wow. Yep. He went on to say... It was a sad day because I remember walking into the courtroom and above the courtroom, it says these words, which are completely (laughs) untrue. Hall of justice. Mm. And I thought, this is not a hall of justice because this is not justice. This should say hall of technicalities of the law. And you know what? Where's the justice? It shouldn't even be called hall because this is not a hallway. This is a room. Yeah. This should be called room room of injustice. No, room of technicalities of the law. He said, where's the justice? Where's King Solomon? But I said, you know, I've been forced on making money and, oh, I've been focused on making money and what I did was wrong, even though it wasn't a heinous crime and I could justify it in nine different ways. As long as you can justify it. That's the important part. In any case, in prison, everything got reprioritized and Kevin says that he decided to stop focusing on money. He became buddies with a visiting rabbi, and he decided to try out being Jewish. Oh, that's fun. Just a little try, try a little Judaism. He just wanted to dip his toe in Judaism because yeah, I mean, he had gone time. to Catholic schools, and he's like, "I got try the Catholic that, thing. I'm not really this. interested. Let's try the Jewish thing." Mm-hmm. Uh, Find some and more then, people to blame for things. <laughs> well, when he was Jewish, he found out about the corruption of the Department of Justice because he was trying to get kosher food, and it was really hard. Well, Oh my God! And and yeah. here's this fresh Jewish young fellow who can't get his matzo ball soup. He can't get the kosher meals. It's like uh, Department of Technicalities yeah. of the Law, yeah. not Department of Justice. <laughs> So then, the Jewish thing obviously didn't last that long. I think it was just uh, to get better food in prison, which I mean, I mean if, you can, if you can do it, well, whatever you gotta do. <laughs> So then he decided his new mission was to help people. Oh. Mhm. In prison on the West Coast, Kevin hooked up with a fellow inmate named Jules Lieb, who was in for attempted distribution of cocaine. That's fun. Also another good salesman. Uh-huh. Yeah, actually another entrepreneur. <laughs> he gave Lieb some self-help books, which mm-hmm. always a good thing. But he wrote When they himself. got out in 1993, <laughs> Well, we'll get to that. (laughs) When he got out in 1993, they went into business together. They were making infomercials and selling health products as distributors for like an Amway-type multi-level marketing company called Nutrition for Life. Whoa. He started his own MLM. That's fun. Good for you. It was said of Kevin that he could sell you your own shirt and leave you grateful for the bargain. (laughs) This guy is like a master manipulator. David Bertrand, the former president of Nutrition for Life, remembers Kevin listening to motivational tapes incessantly. He said Kevin was brilliant and one of the best salespeople I've ever known. Wow. And he recalled that in 1996, the company nearly tripled its sales in large part because of Kevin. The man could sell because he seemed to really believe in what he was saying, Bertrand says, but he repeatedly took it too far. Oh, no. 
Bertrand says he became concerned that Kevin was making overly optimistic promises to potential distributors about how much profit they could make. We had a number of conferences where we asked him to cool it, Bertrand said. It scared us because you can get in trouble for things like that. Uh-huh. At one point, Bertrand says, he learned that Kevin had promised free trips to entice people to sign up as distributors. They're like, oh, The trips never happened. Like, oh, yeah, the free trip was to the next town over to get more supplies for our nutrition. He was like, "You, if you sign up, you will get a trip to Hawaii. <gasps> and they sign up, and he's like... Hawaii, oh, Massachusetts. Here yeah. we are. <laughs> There's just like a little inflatable pool in his yard and like some Hawaiian music on his little cassette player. Did I say Hawaii? I met a luau party Ooh. in someone else's, in the park. In the park. Yeah, oh, I'm got... not there? Oh, I thought you guys were supplying all the luau supplies. Oh, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know how I said we we're going to do a pig roast? Well, here's some uh, ham sandwiches. They're going to be dry, though. We didn't have, couldn't splurge for the mayo. So uh, here's one piece of ham between your white bread. Enjoy. I feel like you couldn't splurge for the ham. The mayo would just come with it. Okay, here's your mayo sandwich. Here's your mayonnaise sandwich. You couldn't splurge for the ham. There are some ketchup packets on the edge of the table. Go ahead. mm, Imagine some pineapple and poi and uh, ham. Mm. Enjoy your mayo. (laughs) So, obviously, the trips never happened, and then people were complaining because they're like, hello, I was promised a trip. So, Nutrition for Life had to step in, and they funded a weekend cruise for thousands of people. What? Yeah. They didn't want to get in trouble. So, Bertrand said at the time he made the promise, he fully intended to comply he always intends, but he kind of gets carried away with his exuberance. I mean, do you know, like, how many people are we talking that he's going to take on this? Thousands of people. Jesus yep. In 1996, the state of Illinois sued Kevin and Lieb, accusing them of operating an illegal pyramid scheme. Hmm. The men wound up settling with Illinois and seven other states for $185,000. And they had to agree to change their tactics. So soon after that, Kevin and Lieb split up, and Michigan forbade Kevin from operating in the state. Oh. They're like, just don't even just don't even come here. Yikes. <laughs> Next, Kevin produced and appeared in a series of late-night television infomercials broadcast throughout North America. What? They promoted a range of products, including health aids, dietary supplements. I mean, is he just, like, recording these in his garage and then, like, playing them on, like, local TV? Like, how is he getting infomercials out? This guy can talk your shirt off. Okay, that's He's, true. like, mm-hmm. I don't know. So one of the dietary supplements was coral calcium, which we'll get into in a little okay. bit. Uh, he had baldness remedies, addiction treatments, memory improvement courses. Remember those? Those are coming back reading improvement programs, and real estate investment strategies. God, well, he is a guru in all things. He is a jack of all trades. you know what he missed? What? Leggings. You got to get the <laughs> row hideous Here's leggings. the thing. Kevin missed out on being a Mormon. That's right. Had he been a Mormon, then maybe. been a successful maybe. MLM scheme. Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. that's exactly what it is. Because you got to, you know... 
the Mormons know about the religion loopholes. Loop they can holes. help you with your pyramid scheme loopholes. And you got the together. sister wives to like. You're unstoppable. You got, you got a whole. Uh, That's your downline already. Yeah, you got basically. a downline already. You've got a pyramid. Up, you've got a pyramid. Then they have the like church. you know twelve kids each, yeah. and then that's their downline. Right. right. And then their twelve kids go and get twelve more kids. Right. You know, that's and the whole then thing. Pretty soon, little infants are walking around selling little scrunchies and, and dietary, dietary supplements. supplements, and yeah. it's real cute. Yeah, and... you'll be real successful. <laughs> In 1998, Kevin was fined $500,000 to settle a Federal Trade Commission complaint that several infomercials he helped create were false and misleading. Uh-oh. The products included a hair farming system. Hair farm? That, according to the infomercial, was supposed to finally end baldness in the human race. Wow, that's a big ask. Yep. He also had a breakthrough that in 60 seconds can eliminate addictions. Wow, I would love to know what that was. And apparently it was discovered when a certain Dr. Callahan was studying quantum physics. So I'm not sure if the hair farming system will also end addiction and both of those were discovered by this doctor in quantum physics. I'm just imagining that, you know, like an ant farm... That there's mm-hmm. like like a glass like aquarium thing with like a slab of skin that just like has Ew. hair growing on it and you gotta like water it and like rake the hair oh, and like yeah. and then when you like start losing your hair then you like dig it up like, and then yeah, plant it in in your own yeah. head yeah hair farming hair farming and then there's like little yeah. cows <laughs> that are so cute and like roaming around <gasps> munching on the hair but then like their poops make the hair more fertile and then there's more yeah. hair. Yeah, that's a good farming system. Yeah. That's a good hair farming so, system. Maybe you should talk to Dr. Callahan. Yes. When you go into quantum physics to get your hair farming farm up and running. Yes, I will actually. He's in my Rolodex. I'm gonna meet up with <laughs> him. <laughs> well, this is what I'm trying to. Okay, so this is uh, in 1998. He was sued. So he's doing this in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think if I ever saw like. I'm sure we've seen his infomercials. I mean, God. we were going to bed probably before they were on, maybe, or up. I don't know. I know. Uh, so that same year, he was fined. In 2004, he settled a contempt of court action arising out of the same cases by agreeing to a settlement that included both payment of a $2 million fine and a ban on further use of infomercials to promote any product. Damn. They're like, get the fuck off TV. <laughs> Somehow he keeps getting back on, though. He's like, okay, I won't be on TV for that. They're like, stop selling shit. And he just, just comes stop. back. He's like, this time this is real, I promise. This one's for real. I talked to a doctor of quantum physics, it's and he legit. knows all about baldness. Have so. you seen my cute little little hair farm? <laughs> it's so Very cute. cute. <laughs> He was charged several times by agencies of the United States government for making claims without evidence. In these cases, Kevin signed a consent decree in which he did not plead guilty, but he did agree to stop making the claims and to pay a fine. Okay. After he agreed not to do his infomercials anymore, he began selling books, which are protected by the First Amendment. Ah, loophole. Uh Uh-huh. So he said about his earlier life, I cut the corners and I got caught, but I'm glad it happened. It was a wake-up call. Yeah, a wake-up call to learn to cut better corners and find deeper loopholes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> His mother told people not to judge a book by its cover when they said that he was a fraud. 
I mean... So his ever-supportive mother... That's not judging a book by its cover. That's judging a book no. by his actions. By the facts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, by his actions. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's not like you look at him and you're like, fraudster for sure. Look at that nose. Mm-hmm. Or like that hairline. You could tell that he has been farming hair left and right. <laughs> look at it. Uh, the FTC also filed a complaint... Uh, in the Northern District of Illinois against Kevin and some of his companies. These are some of his company's names. All right. Shop America. Okay. Parentheses USA LLC. <laughs> Shop America Marketing Group LLC. And True Star Global Media Limited. I mean, they do all sound all American. They sound good. They sound like some kind of big corporation <laughs> that's got a lot of money. So he alleged that Coral Calcium Supreme mm-hmm. could, like, cure cancer and a bunch of other stuff. So the FTC, they were like, no. You're, like, making these claims that are false and unsubstantiated. And Kevin had a guest on the infomercial, a man named Robert Barefoot. Okay. I love it. Uh-huh. Robert Barefoot claimed that in cultures that consume a lot of calcium – People are so healthy. Get this. I love it. They don't even have children until they're in their 70s when what? they're mature enough to handle kids. Wow. So they're just like teenagers, of, like <laughs> toddlers until they're 40, and then like teenagers until they're 70. Can you imagine? I just feel like by the time you're in your 70s, you're just, you know, you're done raising kids. You're kind of tired. You're just like, I want my own time, my own space. But Not when you've been having that much calcium and your bones are the size of regular people's arms Also, and on a different note, like as a female, if I had to have my period into my 70s, <laughs> I'd be so fucking pissed. That's when it would, would, it would start in your upset. 60s because, you oh, know, you'd be okay. a teen or I'm adolescent that. or something, fine. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I can't wait to be done with this bullshit, but I'm just saying, in their 70s? Ooh. That just is annoying, <laughs> man. It is. <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes you're going into diapers, so. Don't say that. <laughs> I'm going to get that calcium stuff immediately. <laughs> get this coral calcium stuff. I hear, actually, I I'll sell it. be fine. I, uh, if you, you know what? If you, On, know okay, it, you now should that start thinking selling about it. it I'm going to start selling it, and now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think I'll be ready for kids until I'm in my 70s. I, so I'm going to start taking mm, it myself, mm-hmm. and then when I'm in my 70s, then I'll be like, okay. Now is the time. Now I'm mature enough, I can handle children. Jesus, I couldn't. Ugh, I can't even imagine kids right now. And then, yeah. That's why you got to wait till you're 70. Yeah. Do you need some you, coral calcium? You're like, okay, well, kid, okay, so when you're 80, the kid is like 10, and then you're like. Okay, it sounds to me like you need some coral calcium. Uh, you know what? I think, I think I could really go for some. Guess what? I know where to get <gasps> it. You can buy it from me. No <laughs> and actually, you could be a representative yourself. Do you want to make <gasps> some money? <laughs> I know you've been struggling. <laughs> Uh, trying to find a job and everything, so oh my I have God. a solution for you. You can get yourself. Find other people struggling to uh, mm-hmm. get work because, look, you could work from home, set your own hours. Share the wealth. You could be that stay-at-home mom you've always wanted to be. Yeah. Well, I'm, whoa, whoa, whoa. You could I'm, retire whoa, whoa, whoa. your husband. I'm not 70 yet, so I'm Done. not going to be a stay-at-home oh, mom okay. yet. Just wait. <laughs> 
Well, by the time you're 70, you'll be so rich, you'll be ready. Ready to be a stay-at-home mom at 70. Oh, my God. Okay, so remember how in 2004, Mm -hmm. they, he, like, got in trouble. So that summer, the court found Kevin in contempt of court again for violating the for violating the first contempt of court because he sent out a direct mail, like piece of direct mm-hmm. mail and made an infomercial oh. making prohibited claims. Oh, He's not supposed to be making infomercials. So then the court was like, Kevin, stop with the coral <laughs> calcium bullshit. Knock We're off, done. Kevin. So in September of 2004, Kevin agreed to pay the $2 million, which consisted of $500,000 in cash, Plus, transfer of a residential property in Ojai, California, oh. and his $180,000 Mercedes-Benz. What in the hell? To settle the charges that he made that coral calcium product can cure cancer and other serious diseases. hundred? That, sorry, uh, I'm just like hung up on that. Maybe I just I don't know enough about Mercedes, but $180,000? In 2004, a, even. What the hell kind of yeah. Mercedes was it? That's insane. That's insane. I feel like all Mercedes are really expensive. I mean, they're expensive, but I didn't think like $180,000. Wow. I don't know, though. Obviously. Uh, he was also selling a thing called biotape that he said could permanently cure or relieve severe pain. And they're like, cut that out, too. We're not doing that anymore. Huh. He also... I mean, I know that there's, like, okay. tape... Well, it's probably not the, right, the same thing. Like, Katie tape that's, like, for taping, like, muscles and stuff when you're, like, working out or, like, different things. Yeah, it may have help. been... It may, Okay, so here's the thing about... Like the FDA and the FTC and all yeah. that. It's like, like I know for like herbs, uh-huh. you're not allowed to claim that certain herbs can help with things, even though they can. Uh-huh. You're like not, you'll get sued or right. in trouble or a cease and desist or whatever. If you're like, oh, you know, Arnica is good for pain relief. If you like put it on in a sab mm-hmm. and then they're going to be like, ah, you can't do that. Mm. So, yeah, you know, yeah. So I'm sure that stuff that people, the tape that people use, they probably aren't allowed to say. Right. I don't know. But I don't know if what he was selling yeah, was doing knows. anything. Okay, so. So he found his loophole in books. So this says that Kevin was the only person ever banned by the FTC from selling a product on television. Wow. Holy shit. They were so mad at him. Apparently. I don't think he was paying them off enough. So a speaker for the FTC's Bureau of Consumer Protection said, this ban is meant to shut down an infomercial empire that has misled American consumers for years. Oh, empire. I mean, Mm -hmm. way to toot his horn. So immediately, since Kevin is banned from doing everything, in 2004, he began writing books and promoting them on his infomercials. (laughs) We got to get an infomercial. This is great. I'm telling you. So he pointed out that his settlements were not an admission of wrongdoing. He never admitted guilt. His attorney, David Bradford, suggested that the terms of the most recent settlement weren't terribly punitive. And actually, this was the direction that Kevin wanted to go anyway. So (laughs) it didn't even bother him, you know. That's fine. That's what I was going to do anyway. Yeah, they're master spinners. So Bradford said... Trudeau had made an independent decision, 
independent decision that he really wanted to focus on being an author and consumer advocate. Okay. It just happened to coincide with him being kicked off TV. Mm -hmm. So in his books, Clevin... Clevin. Clevin. Kevin claimed repeatedly that he was the victim of censorship. He likened the government to the Gestapo. He compared himself to Rosa Parks and Gandhi. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. He said because of this FTC suppression, he can't recommend specific products to cure his readers' illnesses. Mm, Maybe he's. He knows the cures, but he can't even recommend it. He's like, I do have the meaning to life and uh, the cure for everything, but I can't say. Sorry. But he did have a way to get you that information. Oh, thank Readers God. could join his website for just $9.99 a he month. He has a website. Or, or $4.99, $499 for a lifetime. Whoa. They can gain access to the special members-only section where they can email him and he'll reveal his secret. Oh, okay. Well, totally worth it. Uh, 500 bucks for a lifetime of secrets. Yeah, obviously you get the lifetime, obviously. Because yeah. he might update it, you know? Yeah. There might be more secrets. Yeah. And you could talk directly to him. Kevin said that he has considerable proof of the conspiracy working against the health of the citizens of this nation, but the nation will have to take it on faith. He's like, I have, I have the answers, but you guys just have to trust Mm. that I have the answers because Mm -hmm. listen, because government agencies Mm -hmm. and entire industries are spending billions of dollars to keep people sick so they can continue to make money. Well, he has, he has Nobel prize winners as informants. Oh. Nobel Prize winners. Yeah, well, they're also noble. Well, listen, noble, he noble. said. Noble, noble. I can't mention their names. Nope. There's a lot of insiders that I know <coughs> that are friends of mine. Like Gandhi. But I can't mention their names because one of the reasons why I was capable of writing this book mm-hmm. was I have so many insiders that give me the information mm-hmm. and this is why everyone in Washington is frightened to death. Okay. And that's why the government is trying to shut me up because they know that I know. They know I've been in the meetings. Hey, you know the what meetings. though? That's actually a pretty good conspiracy thing wait, like, to get wait. people on board. He said, "You know what it's like? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like I got the black book with everyone's names, and they know. This guy starts naming names. It's going to be out of control. Yeah, well, he sold it. He, that's good, yeah. You're convinced now? He's, convinced? he's reeling it back in. He's mm-hmm. like, look, I got all the information. I mean, yeah, I can't tell you where I'm getting it from. They wouldn't want it spilling out, all this information, uh-huh. and he's not going to reveal his sources because he's a loyal uh-huh. guy, but he's just trying that's to right. help everyone else out and let them know that the secrets. That is right. So the first book that he published was a medical guide titled Natural Cures They Don't Want You to Know About. Yeah, that's right. In your face, they. It was self-published in 2005. (laughs) He had his own publishing company. He like printed them out on that dot matrix paper and it was all connected. (laughs) (laughs) Had them all collated. Huge banner. The book topped the New York Times and Wall Street Journal list of bestsellers and hit number two on the USA Today chart. Holy shit, he did it. Go, Kevin. Well, well, he did have an aggressive infomercial promotion. What? How going is he on. still doing infomercials? I thought that he was. Because it's free speech. Oh, but who is letting it's him? Free There's speech. like five channels. Who is letting him they on the channel? They said, look, they were like, you can't sell stuff 
except for books are free speech. Okay, but also they were like, knock it off with the infomercials. Unless it has to do with books. Okay, then talk it up. (laughs) (laughs) His mother was so proud. She said that Kevin has turned his life around. He is so dedicated to helping people. He is doing the exact same thing he was doing before. Uh, A former pal of his said about Kevin, Mm -hmm. the man's a genius, Mm -hmm. but Kevin's like a shiny apple that's rotten inside. Well. Oh. Yep. Yep. Uh, Yeah, it just makes me think of his mom saying, don't judge a book by the cover. And it's like, yeah, the cover's fine. It's what's on the inside that counts, right? It's what you're saying. And uh, your son is Those pages are rotten. Oh. You got uh, paper mites. Kevin said, (laughs) for 20 years, I've been attacked and attacked and attacked. But he's so positive. He said, I would not be the person I am today if not for all the challenges I have faced. Yeah, that's, yeah, uh uh-huh, yeah, that's basically every single person can say that. (laughs) You, you can have the secrets. You too can be a... (laughs) You too, for a low (laughs) price of $29.95. Whoa, per book? Yes, per book. But listen, if you don't want to pay that, I'll tell you, I'll let you in on some of those secrets. Okay. Now, look, readers mm-hmm. have to trust Kevin. I already told you he got all these answers, but, you know, he's not allowed to really say who it got from. But they're from all but these big names that, like, are he, accomplished people. Well, he knows a lot of doctors. Yeah. He knows the Nobel Prize winners. He knows a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he knows of a doctor who found a cure for AIDS. Okay. And he's just keeping it to but himself. They don't sh- well, I mean, he can't share it. He can't share it. And another doctor discovered a serum that virtually made cancer tumors vanish in 90 minutes. Whoa. But the FDA shut them down. Well, yeah, because there they got their hands in the hospitals. They got they got hospital That's money. Right. They're not going to mm-hmm. make any money if you're cured. Mm-hmm. Yes. He also said that researchers... Mm-hmm. Can't name the researchers, but researchers have concluded that speaking the correct form of words and thinking the correct thoughts actually change a person's DNA. So now he's going into magic. Chaos magic. No, it's researchers, but he can't say who they are. Oh, yeah, the researchers are magicians, and they're telling you, like... I mean, honestly, I do believe, not about, like, changing your DNA or whatever, but I do believe in, like... The power of, like, the messages that you tell yourself. Like, I think that that's really important to have, sure. like, positive self-talk. Sure. But, but it's not magic. Has, that's just conditioning no, no, yourself cure. to have better thoughts. Thanks. That's actually, like, cognitive yeah. behavioral therapy where you redirect yeah. the way that instead of, oh, every time I see this, I think negatively. Instead, right. it's like, how about every time you see that, you, you think this instead and then change your way of thinking but that's just conditioning yourself. Right. Thoughts are powerful. Uh, okay. So Kevin said that you got to trust him. Mm-hmm. He is going to take the proceeds from the book mm-hmm. and the website. He's going to put them into nonprofit groups Aww. dedicated to teaching natural remedies and suing the government. Yeah. Get him, Kev. 
And they have to trust that they don't really need medications that their doctors have prescribed. Uh-oh, that's not good. That the supplements that they're going to order over the internet will work. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Kevin, so stop taking no, all your Kevin, medications. No, no. Liz, you got to trust him. Whoa. Listen, researchers told him, doctors told him. I mean, he was a doctor that one day, so he does know. And then he got an endorsement from a former FDA commissioner. Oh. Uh, on the back of his book cover. <laughs> but uh, the quote was actually 35 years old. Oh, and it wasn't for him. And it wasn't. <laughs> there are also quotes inside that are supposedly from Bill Gates in a television interview, but I guess Kevin put more words in his mouth than he actually said. Uh-huh. And Kevin said, "I paraphrased. I paraphrased. Oh, well, like, um, yeah, okay. <laughs> obviously, mm. I knew what he was saying. I just had to like put it in the right words because yeah. you know, a lot of a lot of conversation is uh, inferred." Yeah, what is it? Body language, yeah. you know? I I was like reading the signs, so. Right, 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 right. Um, he also was a proponent of an electromagnetic chaos eliminator. See, chaos magic. <laughs> he said to do some bioenergetic synchronization. <laughs> uh-huh. Give yourself some enemas, oh. then give yourself more enemas. Oh, yeah. Wear white for positive energy. Oh, no. Don't use a microwave or an electric tumble dryer or fluorescent lights or artificial sweeteners. Don't dry I'm clean your sure clothes or use swimming pools or eat pork. Uh, I'm not sure if you're giving yourself that many enemas, you should just be wearing white. Like, I feel like there's going to be some leakage after the first, like, six. And then once you're real cleaned out, you can wear white. Uh... He didn't go that into uh, well. We might have to we might have to buy the book. I don't know if he really okay, went that okay. far into it. Maybe he did. I don't know. Uh, he also said, "Don't use deodorant because it causes cancer." Which yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and nonstick cookware. Mm-hmm. Don't watch the news because yeah. stress alters well, your body's pH, true. which can I mean, I also that, give you cancer. Definitely, stress is a killer. Uh-huh. Remove the metal fillings from your mouth. Uh oh, not yourself. And you're all set. I mean, I like it. You know, I mean, it's got like a sprinkling of, things, of truth. I just feel like some of the things he's saying, it's kind of like, oh, well, for sure. Yeah. He said that he hadn't been sick in 25 years. He advocates drinking water above all else, yeah, which, okay. yes. Duh. He <laughs> said diet soda causes weight gain and depression. Yeah. He made a number of unsubstantiated claims like sunlight does not cause cancer. Sunscreen is what's causing skin cancer. Because, uh, you know, we didn't start finding skin cancer until people started using sunscreen, mm-hmm. even though, you know, we just didn't have the technology to detect melanoma until mm. No, no, no. <laughs> You're not listening. Sunlight does not cause cancer. Yeah. And AIDS was a hoax oh. devised as... A way to get people to use more medication. Okay, tell that to all the people that were completely wiped out. (laughs) Nope, it's a hoax. Just like coronavirus, it's a hoax. Yeah, yeah. It's all a hoax. Mm -hmm. So Kevin further suggested 
that various natural cures, cures existed for serious illnesses like herpes, arthritis, AIDS, even though AIDS is a hoax, but still there's like a natural cure for it. Well, you know, I don't know. if you got the non-hoax variety, we got we can cure it. <laughs> uh, acid reflux, various phobias, depression, obesity, multiple sclerosis, lupus, chronic fatigue syndrome, attention deficit disorder, and mu- muscular dystrophy. Wow. He's got it all figured out. But those cures have been deliberately hidden by the FDA Mm -hmm. and the FTC and major food and drug companies. Mm -hmm. He claimed that multiple sclerosis can be cured by magnetic mattress pads. (coughs) What? (laughs) And that coral calcium could cure cancer and addiction. And as fate would have it, he also happened to sell coral calcium well isn't that nice and he also went into magnetic mattresses and he sold the the metal underwear set that went with it so you stick right to your bed he also i couldn't find out what they were for so i didn't add it but i was like very interested he was also selling uh magnetic toe rings i mean sold Put one on each toe (laughs) have them all sticking together you might as well just in case it does work And then if you drop something metal, you don't have to bend down to pick it up. Oh. Just slap that foot right on top. Pick it up. That's right. Lose an earring. Just, just kind of you glide even, your foot you know over. You don't even need a metal detector. You just, well, except for the only <laughs> metal that uh, magnets attract. Magnets. That's what you would be picking up all over the park and the beach. and A lot of iron. A lot of, yeah, a lot of iron. Yeah. That's fun. <laughs> He also said he had a special shampoo that will reverse baldness and that he had his 60-second method for conquering any addiction forever. Wow. He also said that the University of Calgary developed a natural diabetes treatment, Mm -hmm. uh, and then it, like, suppressed its data because it was afraid that the pharmaceutical industry would be, like, upset about it. It's a big industry. Yes, except for a spokesman for the for the school said that they had no such studies conducted uh, in the past 20 years. You know what the best way to not be diabetic is? What? Magnetic toe rings. Uh, well, that's second best. The first best is to just not be diabetic in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. if you are... Then magnetic toe rings. Magnetic toe rings. You might need to get that magnetic mattress as well. A lot of magnets. Just be safe. A lot of ma- just cover your house in magnets <laughs> yeah. just to be safe. And wear iron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if you're covered in magnets, just make sure your bed's not made of iron. You won't be able to get out of bed. <laughs> well, I mean. So the university you'll sent You'll feel better, but a... you'll be stuck to your bed. Let's just say that. Would you feel better if you were you're bedridden? Cured. You're cured. You just have to wear all the magnets. Okay. And yeah. be stuck to your bed. Sure, sure. <laughs> sure. Okay, so the university sent Kevin a cease and desist letter and ordered him to stop using their names. Mm-hmm. Their name. They only had one name, sorry. All their names. But wait, there's oh. more. Order now and we'll throw in. Natural Cures also references several helpful websites. One claims that if you stare into the sun every day while barefoot, <laughs> you won't need to eat food anymore. Oh, what was that one called? Uh, isn't there like... Sanitarian, mm. Aritarian. 
Maybe. That, wow, just stare directly yeah. into the sun. Yeah, I don't know the exact rules. I'm pretty sure that's not a rule that you should be doing. <laughs> uh, another sells an instrument that looks like an index card, but it really promises to open a temporal and spatial gate that enables an individual's entire etheric system to interface with a very large, complicated, partially automated, predefined healing process. What in the fuck? So it's, it's like not an actually index an card. index card with a little door drawn it's on not. it? No, I just told you it's not an index card. It's a, it's a gate. It's a, uh, it's not an index card. It's a postcard. <laughs> It's a gate. We drew a little gate. Do not listen. It's a doorway doorway into healing. With some kind of like automated. I feel like you're not taking this seriously. I'm gonna buy you this book so you'll understand. I need it for twenty nine ninety five. Need it. Although with inflation, you think it's it's more now? Way more. Do you think they still sell it? He's got all the cures. (laughs) So lastly, if you have depression, this is for us. Pay attention. Okay. Okay. Kevin said, stop taking your medication, okay. and by all means, stop seeing doctors. Ah, yes. They can't be trusted. <sighs> Go for long strolls outside every day, mm-hmm. and look far away as you walk. Okay. If that fails, try Scientology. Uh, I love it. <laughs> Sold. I mean, there is truth, sure. there is truth to right? walking. Walking, do exercise. Exercise, exercise is getting great outside. For depression. Staring off in the but, distance, I'm sure that's fine. I don't think it's beneficial either way, but it's look nice. Look far away as you walk. Yeah, I don't know. but like, I mean, the real kicker, Scientology. We all know that, you know, depression comes and goes. Mm-hmm, you just, mm-hmm. you know, but Scientology is, is the real answer. Yeah. That's right. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay, the FTC successfully sued him twice. Kevin was banned from endorsing anything from a health product to a household appliance, (laughs) according to the FTC spokeswoman. But Kevin said, the heck with being politically correct. I really want to see things change. He also said that his book sold 4 million copies and it stayed on the New York Times. The New York Times bestseller list for 16 weeks. You know what, though? I'm sure that Four if, million copies. I'm sure that if Kevin and L. Ron Hubbard were around in the same time, they would have gotten along. Uh, I just feel like I, Kevin is, like, on that track, he, he's right? He's on that track. He is, but he, mm-hmm. you know, he hasn't hit 70 yet, so he hasn't gotten his, like, you know, adultness. So he's still, like, floundering. Right. and He's still he's very immature. He's got all the, like, the pieces together, of being yeah. a well-renowned creator of, of a wonderful oh. religion, yes. Mr. Elrond, Mr. Lafayette Hubbard. Right. And uh, I think that he could have been a protege of La- old Laffy. Well, I know what you're thinking. <laughs> One book is not enough. No, no. God, right? no. L. Ron Hubbard had like a bunch of books, so obviously one book's not enough. So the next year in 2006, Kevin self-published a second medical book called More Natural Cures Revealed, previously, colon, previously censored brand name products that cure disease. He is on his way. 
So he was going to explain why drug and food companies hide the truth about how their products can cause disease. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I mean kind I'm, of, yeah, right? I'm not saying that the FTC or the FDA are like saints. I'm sure they're hiding a bunch of shit. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure a lot of it has to do with who's paying who off doing what. Yeah, for sure. But also, Kevin, come on. Yeah. Anyway, so then he he said that the workers at the FDA and FTC were trying to censor him again, mm-hmm. and they were trying to figuratively burn his books. <laughs> figuratively? Uh, yeah. It did get an average rating on goodreads.com though so all right oh okay the book also identifies brand name products that will cure a bunch of illnesses oh kevin's books claim that animals in the wild rarely develop degenerative conditions like cancer or alzheimer's okay and that many diseases are not caused by viruses or bacteria but rather an imbalance in vital energy i mean since when do animals not get diseases and yeah, like you're okay. He's saying wild animals. So who's going out and like studying every wild animal and which is getting which disease at which time? Not to mention, if you're out in the wild, chances are your lifespan is not that long. Well, also, like one of the articles I read mentioned the bubonic plague that yeah, killed well. lots of rats and cats and a bunch of cats. Like I don't know, like there were wild like wild cats that were getting COVID, right? Like Yeah, tiger got COVID. Rabies? What about rabies? Yeah. Animals get disease. Dude's tripping. <laughs> okay, in April two thousand seven, Kevin went on to it's publish. It's because you know why? It's because you don't see those animals in the hospitals getting treated. So then you're like, well, they guess they don't <laughs> exist because they're not here getting treated. Like obviously they don't have a problem. Obviously. So, this is three books in three years. Whoa. This next book is called The Weight Loss Cure They Don't Want You to Know About. Ooh, I want to know what it is. What is it? I will tell oh, you what yes. it is. Viewers were told that they could cure obesity without dieting or exercise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Except for the book told readers to limit themselves to 500 calories per day. Uh, that's not diet. Walk an hour each day. That's not exercise. Okay. Take hormones and undergo colon cleanses and colonics. This Where dude is all about get... the enemas. Where are you supposed to get these hormones if you're not supposed to go oh, to the I'm doctor? Oh, I'm sure that he was selling them. He Yikes. was probably selling them. So I thought it was just going to be like, take some speed and you'll lose the weight real fast. Okay, really though, if you were only eating 500 calories a day and you were walking in an hour without taking hormones or doing colonics, you're going to lose yeah. a lot of weight really fast. And, you just and you're also going to feel really lightheaded, I'm sure. Yeah, you're going to faint a lot. That's what the uh, metal bed with the magnets is good for. If you like the magnets. If magnets is if you're about Ew. if you're about to faint, you just slap right onto your bed, you know? Actually, the bed is like on the wall. Yeah. It's like a Murphy bed that doesn't come down. So that you start feeling really faint, painful. you just like stand near your bed and then you just get slapped right onto it and you're good. You're not going to fall. Well, I mean, if you're already stuck to your bed, yeah. well, then how are you going to walk an hour every day? I don't know. This is getting complicated. It is complicated. The, the book describes a weight loss plan originally p- proposed by a British endo- endocrinologist uh, in the 1950s, which involved injecting 
human growth hormone, mm-hmm. which I have the name, but I don't. I don't want to uh, pronounce it. <laughs> I think it's I th- it's HCG. I think that's like the human growth hormone. I don't know. Uh, the diet was criticized in 1962 by the Journal of American Medical Association as hazardous to human health and a waste of money. <laughs> mm-hmm. On November 19, 2007, a court found Kevin in contempt of the 2004 court order making deceptive claims about the book. The FTC said that the book was deceptively claiming in his infomercials that the book was being advertised was being advertised as establishing weight loss protocol that was easy to follow, but obviously it wasn't easy because you can only eat 500 calories and then you have to find these hormones. So he, Kevin claimed that the weight loss plan outlined in his book was easy, could be done at home, and readers can eat anything they want. As long as it's under 500 calories. I mean, you could. You could take a bite of this, a bite of that, you know? Sure. But so the the book actually, the plan required, you know, obviously intense dieting. <laughs> Daily injections of a prescribed drug. I guess you're right. You have to go to the doctor to get that. You do. Well, I mean, there are like illicit drugs on the street or hormones on the street, but it's hard to come by and they're expensive and you have to know someone and you don't know what you don't know what percentage you're putting in your body and how or if it's actually real. Or if it's real, or what? And the you're fuck giving it yourself is. daily injections to lose weight. What? Uh, yeah, that. And lifelong dietary restrictions, but you can eat whatever you want, but it has to be under 500 calories. And you have to inject yourself every day and give yourself 10 enemas a day. Yeah. And walk for an hour. At least 10. I mean, but you know. You'll definitely don't limit weight. yourself. <laughs> Look, half of the uh, <laughs> half of your weight will be lost after all of your enemas. Just yeah. get all that excess weight out that's yeah. been stuck, that <laughs> sin that's just waiting in there to be just hosed out. So in August of 2008, he was fined more than $5 million, <gasps> Oh, banned from infomercials for three years. Th- why put a limit? For continuing to make fraudulent claims pertaining to the book. Yeah, this guy's not going to learn. Okay, no. the the monetary damages was later increased to $37,616,161, which is the amount that consumers paid in response Shit. to the infomercials. This, this is how much a- money he made off of his infomercials, and they're like, pay it back. Girl, we got to do infomercials. They found that he had aired 32,000 infomercials. <gasps> And that's a conservative estimate. How? That's like, I don't fuck like all day every day. I don't fucking know. You... I don't know. I don't know how they counted, but I just I'm still confused. Like I get like okay, get a camcorder and videotape yourself in your garage, being like, eat this. It's good for you. Inject it. No. But then like, how do you get that on? How do you go from like doing that in your garage to like handing over a tape to like a a rate or um a no i think they actually station. have like studios that you like go to and film at like and then they're just they're like, like oh don't worry we'll we'll find a place to put you on tv you like probably pay for a slot you know the bigger Shit. the slot the more money you pay or whatever 
Let's go. Okay, so this 37, over 37 and a half million dollars were, these were like the sales that were from the 800 number only, not internet sales and not store sales. Damn. Yeah, this guy made bank off of these books. So that same year, he also published Debt Cures. They don't want you to know about. This is a very popular title. Yeah. He also marketed this book on TV. It's smart, though, because it makes you think, like, oh, there's answers in here that I've been seeking out. Mm -hmm. And, like, this person's going to tell me. I just have to, like, give them. Like, they don't want you to know. Like, I for sure want to know now. What do they they are. Yeah. Uh I want to know. The ones that know don't want me to know, so now I need to know. Well, I'm going to fucking know. I need to know. Mm-hmm. So Chuck Jaffe, a columnist at CBS Market Watch, said, Truth be told, most of the information in the book is readily available in personal finance columns you can find online or in books that are already available at your local library. Hmm. Kevin says that if readers disagree with items on their credit reports, this is one of the things that he Mm -hmm. was like, you know, that they can dispute them as identity theft. This was the magic cure of the book's title. Uh, I mean, yeah, if you see something on your credit card statement that you didn't do, you can call it in and they'll... No, that's a secret they don't want you to know about. (laughs) How did you know? Oh, I guess I must have read that (gasps) book. I... Don't know. Are you a Kevin Trudeau fan? Um, I do have Look, the if you're not KT tattooed on my butt, so... If you're not a fan yet, this next book will okay. make you a fan. Well, okay. Prepared in to 2009... Prepared to fangirl out. Here we go. In 2009, he published, Your Wish is Your Command. <gasps> my Command? This book supposedly gives tools on how to use the law of attraction to manifest readers' desires. The packaging also says it contains key links to using the law of attraction that are missing in other publications. If you don't get this book, you're not getting the full story. Okay. Among the claims made in in the related infomercials, Kevin asserts to have virtually flunked out of high school... He says that he was taken in by a mysterious group called the Brotherhood, and they taught him the secrets that he's now sharing with us all. Wow. There was also, there's also an invitation to join the now defunct Global Information Network, which was an exclusive group of highly influential, affluent, and freedom-oriented people. Wow. The network operated out of the Caribbean island Nevis and employed the law of attraction as its principal wealth generator. Okay. Mm-hmm. What? So you get to join this exclusive group. Do so you get to go to the island? I don't think so. Damn. <laughs> he'd probably promise you that he could and then he'd mm-hmm. never deliver. Mm-hmm. On February 11th, 2010... Kevin was arrested and appeared in U.S. District Court before Judge Gettleman. It's like his home away from home. For criminal contempt of court after he asked his supporters to email the federal judge overseeing a pending civil case brought against him by the FTC. He was forced to turn over his passport, pay a $50,000 bond, and was warned that he could face future prison time for interfering with the direct process of court. 
On February 17th, Gettleman sentenced Trudeau to 30 days in jail and forfeiture of the bond. Um, Okay, 30 days, I don't know. Okay, in April of 2013, Kevin filed for bankruptcy protection, saying that he didn't have enough money to pay the $37 million fine. He didn't even attempt to make any payments on this. The government looked into his claims and found that he went through great lengths to hide and move his assets. Mm -hmm. He was putting assets into his wife's name, spending lavishly while claiming that these expenditures were business expenses, and settling up an offshore trust to hold his assets. So as a side note, Kevin has been married at least three times. Little is known about his first marriage to a Ukrainian woman, mm-hmm. Ola Cassandra Polozhentseva. Yes, she, what a very sexy name. She is a, an immigrant. I don't know what the word is these days. Okay. As an immigrant? I don't know. His second marriage in 2007 was to Christine Doro, a Norwegian student whom he met in London. That ended in an annulment after four months. And then the next year, in 2008, he married Natalia Babinko, another Ukrainian woman, Mm -hmm. who currently runs several of his former companies. And she returned to her home in Kiev, according Mm -hmm. to Kevin. Uh, I mean, okay. Anyway, here are a few of Kevin's business expenses. This is, Uh you know, he didn't have any money, but this is, these are some of his business expenses. He spent $180 on Vidal Sassoon haircuts. Well, you got to look good for those infomercials. He had a $900 cigar bill. Well, I mean, you're an executive in your business. You got to have a cigar fund. $1,000 in high-end meats. Yeah. How yeah, high end are these low meats? end meats? <laughs> what does that even mean? He's got to have the best of the best for his diets. A nine hundred dollar liquor spree. Well, spree. <laughs> and an eight hundred dollar grocery bill from Whole Foods, which I feel like that's not that hard to do. I mean, he got probably got like a salad and like some water. <laughs> Don't go to Whole Foods, guys. It's owned by it's Amazon. Fuck Amazon. Whole paycheck. He also hid Fuck twenty. <laughs> he also hid twenty thousand dollars in an Australian bank account. Yeah. Okay. Kevin told the judge that he was forced to use the bank accounts the court had froze because I had no money for food. Adding that he wanted to comply with the court's orders and wasn't thinking when he mistakenly got the haircuts. Well, I mean, haven't you ever been so hungry because you couldn't afford to buy your $900 Whole Foods salad? That you accidentally went and got a $90 haircut? Yeah, you're like weak and you're like, oh, like all you see is like a chair and you're like, oh, I got to sit down. I'm about to faint. And then someone just starts like combing your hair and you're like, that's nice. And then it happens twice. Yeah. And the next thing you know, they hand you a bill. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how many I mean, times yeah. does that happen to you? Like all the time. Every time. All the I'm time. In a, I'm in a salon right now. Well, when you're eating 500 calories a day. Exactly. And you're walking an you're hour. You're not making the best decisions. Mm-hmm. That's right. So Judge Gettleman wrote 
that he has seen evidence that Trudeau is living much more like a prince than a pauper he professes to be. That includes Kevin's top dollar attorneys and allegations that he drives a $340,000 Bentley. <gasps> you thought the Mercedes I was insane. Obviously, and I'm a pauper. He also apparently employs two personal chefs and a butler at his suburban Chicago home. You got to have a butler. In September 2013, Judge Robert Gettleman held Kevin in civil contempt for violating multiple court orders and failure to pay the $37 plus million fine. After Kevin made an impassioned plea for his freedom, the judge told him, this is not an infomercial. You can't talk your way out of this. <laughs> and then he's like, but wait. Sen- but wait, there's more. Stop this. Reverse this sentence and I'll throw in some uh, bone supplements. Noting that he continued to maintain a lavish lifestyle despite insisting that he had been completely wiped out financially, Gettleman appointed a receiver to identify and catalog Kevin's assets and holdings. Oh, damn. A month later, Kevin was arrested after refusing to cooperate with the receiver's investigation. In November, a jury found him in criminal contempt for repeated violations of his 2004 agreement as well as subsequent orders and plea deals. In February of 2014, the court-appointed receiver announced that a number of Kevin's home assets, including a home in Ojai, California, would be auctioned, hmm. with proceeds to be applied towards unpaid fines and restitution. The receiver we found your money. <laughs> the receiver also assumed control of Kevin's global information network, which the acronym is GIN, kind of funny, Fun. which was the secret club based oh. in the Caribbean. And court officials informed Jin members that the club's business model likely amounted to an illegal pyramid scheme hmm. and that its relentlessly publicized, publicized group of 30 billionaire financial advisors known as the Jin Council did not actually exist. <sighs> surprise, surprise. Jin's remaining assets were later auctioned as well. In March 2014, prosecutors requested a 10-year prison sentence for Kevin, which is unusually lengthy for contempt. Judge Ronald Guzman, visibly irritated by Kevin's plea for leniency, described him as deceitful to the core. Kevin has treated federal court orders as if they were mere suggestions or at most impediments to be sidestepped, outmaneuvered, or just ignored. That type of contact conduct simply cannot stand he said that kevin had been cheating people since he was 25 years old for his own personal gain and the judge sentenced kevin to 10 years wow the full 10 years defense lawyers argued that the 50 year old from suburban chicago should serve less than two years for his criminal contempt conviction i mean he's basically a juvenile Before the sentencing, Kevin made his own pitch saying he felt remorseful and that he's had a personal transformation or rebirth. Oh. Prosecutors called Kevin an unrepentant huckster and Mm -hmm. said that they could think of no comparable case of someone cheating people so brazenly. The defense called the characterization overblown and unfair. (laughs) 
Kevin obviously filed an appeal. He said that the government lacked enough evidence to convict him. His sentence was too long and jurors were instructed improperly. He argued that prosecutors did not show he willfully violated the consent order and that his misreading teleprompters or using unedited scripts by mistake oh. might have led to the misrepresentations. Oh, well, maybe he it should have taken his... It wasn't even his fault. Maybe he should have taken his own course on how to read better. <laughs> oh, that was good. <laughs> Uh, in April 2014, Judge Guzman ordered that royalties payable to Kevin from continuing sales of his book, which is now owned by a California company called Free is My Favorite, LLC. Free is my favorite. Which purchased the rights from Kevin, be forwarded to the government-controlled trust and used for fine and restitution payments. Infomercials for free money they don't want you to know about, produced uh-huh. and marketed by Free is My Favorite LLC, continues to run on television stations throughout the United States. Oh. In October 2015, Judge Gettleman approved a partial refund of about $8 million to more than 820,000 people who bought the weight loss cure they didn't want you to know about. (laughs) In February 2016, a federal appeals court found no basis to accept Kevin's claims and ruled that the 10-year sentence was reasonable given the size of Kevin's fraud and the flagrant and repetitive nature of his contemptuous conduct. Contumbatious. Contumbatious. Contumbatious? Uh-huh. I've never seen that word before. What are you trying to tell me? Contumbatious conduct. Um, Kevin Trudeau. I mean, yeah, he's literally like over and over and over. They're like, <laughs> knock it off, Kevin. Knock yep. it off, Kevin. Yep. Makes me think of in Home Alone when Catherine O'Hara is just like, Kevin! Yeah. It's <laughs> like, how many times do I have to, God damn it, Kevin! Kevin Trudeau is currently serving his sentence at the federal prison camp Montgomery in Alabama. He maintains an active Facebook page where he solicits donations for his defense fund and compares his imprisonment to that of Nelson Mandela. Yeah, yeah, I knew he would go there. He is eligible for release in July of 2022. (gasps) Coming up. Kevin. Next year, Kev. Kevin, we're almost wonder there. What, wonder what books he's working on this time. The truth <laughs> about prison, prison that they don't that want you to know about. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Kev. Kevin. Oh, damn. Look, he could have stopped after the first book, and he's like multi, multi millionaire. But he you, just like couldn't gotta, help himself. You gotta know when to stop, but I mean, it was never his fault. It was always everyone else's fault. Well, that's just it. Like, I feel like all the quotes from him and his mom and like his defense attorneys and everything, it's just like he's such a narcissist. It's like never his fault. Well, and his mom saying that shit, it's like, okay, so you encouraged this from a young age. Well, you know that he guilted her about sure. being adopted and not being told. Sure. You know, you yeah. know that he, that she was just like, oh, he's just such a good boy. Like, I'm the one who is responsible because mm-hmm. I, you know. Mm. I fucked up. I just feel like she probably just made excuses for him his whole life. And then he makes excuses for himself. Yeah. The toss salad. And the scrambled egg. A tossed salad. A scrambled egg. The tossed salad. A tossed salad. And the scrambled egg. A scrambled egg. So a tossed salad is 
someone who clearly knows right from wrong and chooses to do wrong anyway. Right, so the tossed salad has more components, the person is able to compartmentalize. And a scrambled egg is someone who can't tell right from wrong and they're just completely scrambled. Just one component, one track mind, they're all kinds of mixed up, there's no focus, they're disorganized. Toss salad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Extreme. But it's just because everyone's out to get him. Yeah. He didn't even do anything wrong. Everyone just hates him. It's like not I don't even know why I'm going Cobb salad, just like iceberg. <laughs> You're going Cobb? Very crunchy. Crunchy iceberg. Uh, or, full or of water. Caesar salad, because it's a little bit fishy. It is a little fishy. I would go Caesar salad dressing on iceberg lettuce with a squirt of enema. <laughs> Maybe the Caesar salad dressing comes out of an enema onto the salad. Oh, stop it. Stop that. That's not necessary. I didn't say it came out of a person. I'm just okay. saying. Just squirt no. a little Caesar up there. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah, that bitch is tossed. That bitch is tossed. But thankfully, he might be coming out soon. And you know what? If he does, I'm going to predict he's going to start a religion. He, he got to. Yeah, well, he has to because the infomercial game, you know, it's not as strong anymore. And he could got, do like a, what's it, like Facebook Live situation mm-hmm. maybe to do He's like going to be an influencer. Yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> He's going to do all the, like, filtering of his face because he's still a young child, basically. He hasn't even had kids yet. He's waiting until he's, he's 70. not. Yep. Because he's got all that bone coral or whatever. Calcium. Calcium. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's just a different species, I guess. Well, and in another thing, it said, like, that one of his books or someone claimed that, like, some people somewhere or like people used to live until they're like in their 150s okay and then i don't know sea turtles yeah (laughs) apparently we are we are not supposed to be getting disease we're naturally supposed to be sea turtles we're naturally something went wrong something went Uh, drastically wrong you know what went wrong we were all sea turtles and then the fda and the ftc were invented well you know humans and it ruined us was it, is it the tortoises or the sea turtles that, like, can still, they still lay eggs at, like, 100, you know? Yeah, because it's, well, th- sea turtle, coral, calcium. Oh, they're all around mm-hmm. that coral mm-hmm. day. Licking that coral, getting those 70-year-old eggs ready. <laughs> yeah. It's the way to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I love, I mean, I don't love, but I do love a good story like that. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah. I was looking at, like. Just the fact like, that he can go on for years and years and keep yeah. creating infomercials and keep, like, changing what he's selling and what he's talking about and people are still eating that shit up. Okay, haven't you watched an infomercial and at first you're like, I oh, still no slap way. Chop. Slap chop. See, and then, like, 20 minutes in you're like, oh. 
maybe I do need this. And then by the end, we're like, but wait, there's more. You're but like, wait, fuck yeah, yes. there's more. I'm go- I'm on board. I mean, you I'm and I it. rewatched that Slap Chop commercial the other day. I mean, yes, but then you read the it. reviews on Slap Chop and they say it's a shitty piece of shit that falls apart like after your first Slap Chop. <laughs> after your first slap? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Even I if you slap that. with your fingers, you know? Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, it just look how easy also, it was. Yeah, I just feel like I would need a bigger slap chop because who's making like that little of something? He's like, you, oh, you got like a whole when salad. When you're on your 500 oh. calorie diet. <laughs> I know, that a salad would be is perfect. like a baby carrot, a tiny yes. piece of celery and like a like radish. Like a little cherry tomato. Like, slap chop, radish. there's your salad. Yeah, he was. What I was like, fuck? what kind of salad? Is-? And I then get, he like, was like, don't you hate it when you have, it's like, don't you hate it when you have a can of tuna and you need to like make it impressive? It's like so hard to shred your tuna. Yeah, you just yeah. gotta slap chop it. We all know tuna that tuna's salad. like really solid. Solid. It, it, if, yeah, if, if there was a word for tuna. It's solid. Solid. <laughs> <laughs> I do love mm-hmm. me a good infomercial. I'm not gonna lie. They are fun. They're lots of fun. I miss yes. them. We don't have, like, regular TV these days. Yeah. Well, like you and I were talking about the other day, that was when you knew that you had stayed up too late when the actual programming on TV stopped and the infomercials started. And then, and then, you then you're know watching it and you're like, is this a commercial there? break right. or is this, is like, this an infomercial? 40 minutes of Slap Chop. Is there going to be another episode of Family Guy, yeah. or is How it long just slap chop here? till dawn? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Also, yeah. I need to get a phone right now and call this one eight hundred number because immediately. Because if you call within the next five minutes, they're going to throw in another slap That's chop. Right? Where's Mom's credit card? We need this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they like they throw in something totally random too. It's like yeah. get these slap chops and then get hairigami on top yeah. of it. And yeah. it's like, well, I need to pull my hair back when I'm slap chopping. You so do. You don't want to get your hair slap chopped. I need chops. the bump it and the hairigami and the Because then slap you're gonna chop. have to end up in a salon paying ninety dollars accidentally, right. slap chopping your hair right off. Yeah. It all goes hand in hand. Man, we need to get in the world of infomercials. Let's bring those back. God. Got to bring it back. Flome. Kids are missing out these days. They really are. They'll never know the ma- the majesty of a bump it. And order now, <laughs> we'll throw not. in the bangs bump it. Yeah, two big and one little bump it. So you, you can bump it twice on your head. all kinds of bumps on your head. <laughs> Look, have you been hair farming all day? Are you exhausted? <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you need Do you volume for that hair, hair? farm? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you bump, bump that hair farm. Do you need at some least little three hills, times. some little hills and valleys in your farm? Yeah, get, get that camel look. Cute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, if you are looking to spice up your life, every boy and every girl, and all those in between, <laughs> and spice you up your world, should check out Humblebee Herbals products. They are not an MLM. <laughs> They are not. They're actually all natural products. Um, they're the natural cures that they don't want you to know about, but we they do. Don't. We want you to know about these. We're cures. gonna tell you about the secrets. <laughs> but the secret speaking is, of it's soap. Speaking <laughs> of hair farming, their shampoo bars are amazing. And now they have a hair balm. You just take like a very little bit and you put it on the ends of your hair. And I have like curly hair that like knots like crazy and it's frizzy, you know, you know the drill. 
And it works so well. It like styles my hair without being like heavy or looking greasy. It's just like amazing. So check it out. It's good for all hair types. All my curly brothers and sisters out there, I'm telling you, this stuff is good. So you should check out Humblebee Herbal's products at humblebeeherbal.com. Use code CRIMINY20 at checkout to get 20% off your first order. Get yourself something nice for your hair. Or for your body. Body. Take care of yourself. They got the secrets that they don't want you to know about. But we do. (laughs) So check them out at humblebeeherbal.com. Promo code CRIMINY20 at checkout. Get it. Okay, I am going to tell you the story um, that I got another... Sorry, start over. Yeah, you're just going to cut that out of yours, but then when I can't say a word like 10 times, you just like keep that in. Okay, so I got my... I got... Okay, so I got all my information from another Vanity Fair article. Somehow I keep finding them and... It's basically all Are you, need. like, searching on Vanity Fair? Um, I might have a subscription to Vanity Fair. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, somehow the past few ones that I've That put, is, like, like, a score. It is, because really, I'll be, like, uh, reading through it, and then I'm like, I should probably get other sources, and I'll look at other sources, and I'm like, they all, like, basically say the same shit, mm-hmm. but just not as lengthy. And They obviously read Vanity Fair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this article was by Judy Backrack, so go right. Judy. Way to go, Judy. And this story is about two people, children, you might say, not 70-year-old children, regular teenage boys. I don't even know what that means. Okay. So they're like uh, in their 30s? Uh, no. And then talk about... Mark and John, not from the Bible, just from regular life. Well, this is all very confusing. Yes. Let me start. <laughs> okay. In the beginning, God created the world. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Um, first, so, in Winthenshaw Hospital in Greater Manchester, a 14-year-old boy fought for his life. Uh-oh. He had been stabbed multiple <gasps> times. I don't like where this is going already. What? Oh. Well, you might like this. No. His kidney and liver were pierced as well as his gallbladder. Blood pooled inside his body, which restricted the movement of his diaphragm, essentially stopping the function of his lungs. What do you even do? You're like a doctor. This kid comes in. They're like cut up from all the, like, what do you even do? Where do well, you start? He, he was rushed into surgery and put on a ventilator. And because he's a minor, uh, we will refer to him as John through the story. So John and Mark are not their real names. Right. Their real names were never published because they were minors during the time. And they're in the UK where they shield people's names. Where they respect people's names. (laughs) Yeah. So after John um, was stabilized, miraculously. Okay. Okay. Police began to question him. Like, what the hell happened? How did you, a 14-year-old boy, end up stabbed a bunch of times? Who? How? Exactly. What? How had he ended up on June 29th, 2003, in a small alleyway, brutally stabbed almost to death? After a few tries on John's part to explain what had happened, he finally broke down and said that it was his best friend, Mark, who had stabbed him. Oh, God. And he said that he had no idea why. 
Oh, God. He said that as Mark began to stab him, <gasps> while doing so, he said, I love you, bro. Wow. The one who was stabbing? Yep. He was like, I love uh, you. So he's stabbing. He said, Mark did it once, stood up holding me, did it again. He was kneeling on me saying, trust me, holding the knife to, to my stomach. There was what? blood coming out. Somehow or other, the boy added, he found himself dragged once again to his feet. Then the knife plunged back in. What? Call an ambulance, John screamed. I'm dying. Shush, people will hear you. Please be quiet, the older teenage boy told him. You've killed me, John screamed. Don't say that, begged Mark. Don't let that be the last thing you're saying. The fuck? Yeah, what the fuck? After waiting 20 minutes, Mark pulled the knife out of John and called for an ambulance. On the phone, he explained that a madman... 20 minutes? Yep. Fuck. On the phone to 911, or not 911, because the UK. Yeah. 99, I think. I'm not sure. On the one, phone, one, he... 111. 111. He explains to the operator that a madman had attacked his friend. He described the assailant as being in his early 20s, wearing a black hoodie and black jeans. What so the, fuck? the police put out an all points bulletin looking for this supposed madman. Detective Chief Inspector Julian Ross got the message out as soon as possible. Like, you know, everyone look out for this madman on the loose, stabbing this little boys. This nondescript uh-huh. person. Stop everyone wearing a hoodie, please. Yep. And But then, after a little investigating, he realized it couldn't have happened the way that John said it did. Oh, what, because... 14-year-olds aren't good at making up plausible stories? <laughs> Because the alleyway that the stabbing took place in was basically a dead end with one way in and one way out. Uh, And in the UK, they have CCTVs everywhere. Yes, they do. And the CCTVs in that area were pointed at the entrance of the alley. Oh. And police noticed after replaying the footage that on the day that Mark and John walked into that alley together, there was no hooded man that came what in now, after John? After reviewing the tape and after John said that Mark had done it, the police arrested Mark. Oh, sorry. What now, Mark? Ooh. I mean, you're not wrong. Going back in time a bit. Okay, so remember, this is like the early 2000s. So, like, mm-hmm. Mark had been starting to go into online chat rooms like any teenager discovering the internet in the early wow. 2000s. Except for us, because we didn't have we internet. We didn't get the internet. <laughs> Such a luxury. <laughs> um, yeah. Actually, it was probably way better for our like development, though. I mean, probably. I definitely do remember going to friends' houses that had the internet and going on to chat rooms and chatting with what? random strangers and be like, <laughs> yeah, it was bad. We should not have been talking to those Stranger people. danger. It really was, and it was. We thought it was hilarious, and we would like try and prank them and like. <gasps> create care we were catfishing before catfishing as like nine-year-olds <laughs> yeah little did you know you were being catfished yeah we were <laughs> no we were probably being like um, groomed groomed yes this old man doesn't know that we're not really a 30 year old man either <laughs> uh, oh man anyway fun times hmm. but as you do, he acquired many friends and acquaintances online this way. 
Uh, One person that he met was a girl named Rachel West. Mark and Rachel began chatting every day, and Mark was, like, super into Rachel, even though he'd never met her in real life. Yes, yes. And, but she's, you know, they're teenagers, so emotions run high. And she's like, He can trust her. Chatting. Who would lie about their identity? Yeah. And, like, they'd been getting along so well that she was like, hey, I want to introduce you to my brother, John, because I think you guys would hit it off. So Mark was like, Another John? No, this is the John. This is how him and John met. Oh. Oh. Yes. Oh. So... Mark and John actually became fast friends, and they found out that they had a lot in common, and they were, like, chatting all the time. But Mark also knew that he was, like, falling pretty hard for Rachel. Uh-huh. <laughs> but he was so... This weird thing happened where John and Rachel told... They finally started, like, opening up more to Mark, and they were uh-huh. like, hey... We got to let you in on this, like, crazy thing that's been happening to us. There's this dude named Kevin who's, like, stalking us. And Another he's Kevin. Like, yeah. Can't trust those Kevins. This guy. I love the name is, Kevin. <laughs> he is threatening us with Uh-oh. abduction and rape. <gasps> yeah. What? And they're, yeah. like, talking to him still? Yeah. And somehow yeah. they, well, somehow they convinced Mark that the only way that Kevin would leave them alone oh, no. is if Mark, who got a brand new webcam, could uh, just like perform some sexual acts, like masturbate oh, on webcam for Kevin, fuck? and then Kevin would totally leave Rachel and John alone. I hate this so much. I hate like adolescent logic (laughs) i hate you're gonna love this story then (sighs) i just you know you're so vulnerable as a kid because you Mm. you're like trying to be all independent and you think that you're like all grown up and you believe your friends and whatever so young you you. have to because that's your community they're your buddies i hate this so much and you don't have like the like larger perspective oh Sorry, I had to pause while my dog huffs and puffs her way out. That's fine. Why do you choose these? (laughs) This is awful. Uh, It's called Criminy. Look, I chose like a lighthearted scammy story. (laughs) I don't understand why you chose this. Look, how many people died at your Kevin's hands not taking their medication? I mean, true that, because he was like... People, even with people with diabetes, he's like, mm-hmm. stop taking your medication. And I mm-hmm. was like, oh, fuck no. Yeah. Nope. No. <laughs> so uh, along the way, Mark also met a number of other friends in the MSN chat room. There was Lindsay East, Rachel <sighs> East, Kevin McGregory. West? There was Rachel the one West. The West. And oh, Rachel East. Fucking no. And Kevin, the rapist pedophile and dave mcneil kevin mcgregory duh and a woman named janet dobinson all of these all of these new friends chatted with mark very regularly and all of them had dramatic stories that enraptured him i hate this up until this point mark had been all john Fuck, (laughs) How dare you say that? You don't know. I'm not trying to, like, victim blame, but Jesus Christ. (laughs) 
up until this point, Mark had been a decent student with passable grades. He played soccer and, you know, or as everyone else in the world calls it, football. Yeah. Let's use the correct terminology, please. Especially because we're in the UK. He played football. Yeah. He was an only child of working class parents. He was well-mannered and was on his way to go to a local business college. Yeah. High school? I get, you know, I think, because I, I think in the UK they use the word college for high school. Yeah, and university for college. Yeah, so I'm not sure if, like, if he was, like, in, like, reg- Sounds like, all just regular up. high school, but he was, like, trying to get into this, like, more specialized, like, business college. That is so intense. Like, you're 14 and you're going to, like, a business school. Yeah. You're yeah. so fucking young. Well, okay, oh at this, so, 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 so John is 14 and Mark is 16. He's two years older than John. But he's oh okay, not he's like six years dumber than John, oh, or just man. more gullible. Anyway, so as Mark is you know performing humiliating sex acts on camera in the hope that Kevin would leave Rachel alone, oh, God, Mark. one day Mark logged in to talk to Rachel, and he couldn't get a hold of Rachel, but he was able to get a hold of John, and John said. That Kevin had abducted Rachel. Rachel. Uh Within a short time, Mark was informed that not only had Rachel been abducted, Uh but she had also been gang raped and then brutally murdered by Kevin and his friends. So for some crazy reason, which I don't know why, but your videos didn't work. Yeah. Well, Kevin wrote to Mark and was like... This is so fucked up. This is what he said. Quote... Kicked all her stomach, put her head under water, then out, freezing cold, and she stained my sheets when she was bleeding. You Rude. weren't there. Yeah, you weren't there for her, however much she screamed for you. And Mark responded, How could I have been there when I didn't know where she was? That is so messed up. Mm-hmm. And not even well written. No! <laughs> So naturally, so up. Mark's good grade started slipping, and he was devastated. Yeah, he's that under th- a lot of stress and pressure. Yep. He's devastated that the girl that he loved is now dead. And then, as soon as Rachel had disappeared, he met a nice girl named Lindsay East, who began chatting him up. And he's like, West didn't work out so well, so I'm going to we'll go, go the opposite east. direction. We'll go east. We're going to fly east. And they were chatting, and he felt really comfortable, and he thought this might be the beginning of something. So he's like, he's like, look, I just got blamed for this girl being abducted. I'm sure. I'm like, done Lindsay, with like, that. I'm moving in a different direction. And, you know, she was like. How the, are you going to comfort hmm? someone over that? What the fuck? You're like 12. What? Well, don't worry, because she too was murdered. You see, she was killed by the British government on April 27th, 2003. So, obviously, Mark is devastated. Was there, like, some kind of event or something happening? Or the government just... Snuffed her out. Targeted her? she knew too much. So, obviously. Mm -hmm. What they don't want you to know... See, she okay. had written a book called We Don't. <laughs> um, so, so far, so far, he's been interested in two girls, and they've both, one disappeared, one's been murdered. Yeah. Okay. No, they've both been murdered, basically. Okay, all within, yeah. like, a couple months, weeks? I'm going to say weeks. 
Oh, God. <laughs> okay. God bless the internet. Yeah. Chat room. But don't worry because surprisingly Just wait, Mark, there's more. Just wait, there's more. <laughs> oh, God. Somehow, oh, miraculously, God. Rachel returned. East or West? West. The OG okay. girl. Okay. She explained that she had been in a coma. <laughs> she has amnesia. <laughs> they thought, well, they thought she wasn't going to make it, so that's why John told her that she was dead because he was like, well, it's probably easier to be like, she died instead of she's dying. Yeah, it's so much easier to be like, <laughs> she's dead. Oh, wait, she came back to life? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But wait, there's more. Oh, God. She informed Mark, who, keep in mind, She's never met in person before. Right. That as she was like in She's this pregnant? coma, she gave birth to his baby. That's Someone's right. Someone's been watching too many soap operas. What is happening? I mean, I know that you can get viruses through the computer. So <laughs> sperm probably yeah. travels just as well. That tracks. It yeah. tracks. I mean, he's I get it. masturbating on camera, sperms Look, probably jumping takes. into the keyboard, swimming to her way, into yeah, that, that chat room portal. I think that's all it takes. Well, we in didn't know room. about much about computers back in those days. Uh, and clearly sex education <laughs> is lacking. <laughs> but then, without much explanation, Rachel vanished again. Coma? I don't know. She just kind of stopped talking. She's like, I'm back and I, I have your baby. baby. It's all good. Goodbye. Okay, goodbye. What did Mark think? <laughs> what? I don't know. I just like, okay, I feel so bad for Mark. And then it's like his parents who have no idea that this is even going on. Mm-hmm. Their kid all of a sudden, his grades are slipping. He's like spending all his time in his room on his on computer. His computer. Mm-hmm. You're just like, no, you have no idea. And they're, and they're just like, oh, this internet. Like he's probably like playing games or I don't know what you even do on the internet. Yep. Writing papers. I don't know. God, this is awful. Well, the next person that Mark started talking to or who started chatting with him online was a woman named Janet Dobinson, like I mentioned before. Janet said that she was a 44-year-old secret service agent. What is she doing in a chat room for teens? It's not a chat room for teens. It's just an MSN chat room. Anyone can chat. Yeah, but so far it's been a bunch of directional teens. Well... Secret service agents are allowed to chat, too. And not only was she a secret service agent, First but of she, all, she wouldn't identify herself look, as... Okay. she trusts mm-hmm. Mark. Okay? Okay. She trusts him with her mm-hmm. identity. Okay. And she's also a doting mother and a love-starved wife to an asshole husband she's trying to get rid of. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> During this time uh, that, like, you know... John and Mark are chatting every day on the computer and everything. John's mother noticed that he was on the computer all the goddamn time. Mm-hmm. And he said that he was chatting with his friend Mark, and she thought, that's, like, way too much time to be spending on the computer. Mm-hmm. You need to be, like, outside playing. Yeah, it's not healthy. So she took away his modem and his laptop and kept it in her bedroom. Ooh. But... 
Uh-oh. Every night after she would fall asleep, and I'm guessing she was a hard sleeper. Late sleeper? Deep sleeper? Deep sleeper. She slept well because <laughs> every night sleeper. he would go into her bedroom, take the modem and the laptop, go to his room, set it back up in his room, and he would basically... I mean, like, lock it up, right? Lock it up. Oh. He, he would basically spend, like, like not sleep at all. He would just spend the entire night into the deal? morning. <laughs> what is his deal? Um. so... She's like, all right, you know, she found out that he's chatting with Mark and John's like, this is weird because, like, we're used to, like, in-person hangouts and I don't know about this online shit. So, like, maybe you should, we should meet Mark and his parents. Oh, the mom. The mom. Yeah, John's mom was like, let's meet Mark. I thought you were talking about Janet for a minute and I was like. Yeah, let's meet your parents. So confused. So, John, uh. So Mark's parents lived in a middle-class suburb of Stockport, only four miles away from uh, John. What are the chances? So John's mom was like, "You why don't you invite Mark over and well, you guys can hang out. So Mark came over for a sleepover. He said yes. Yeah. He's like, don't talk about my sister. That doesn't exist, though. E- yeah, that's kind of weird. There yeah. are probably no pictures of no, this non-existent no. person. I don't know how observant Mark is. Oh, um, Mark. That night, the boys hung out, and they, as any teens do, watched porn and, you know, tried oral sex with each other. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah. Hi, nice to meet Hi. you. You want to watch some porn? I'm a teenager. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so I'm not sure if the parents found out about that. I'm in love with your sister who was kidnapped in, in a coma and had my baby. Yes. What? <laughs> yes. Fuck. But after that sleepover, both parents were like, you guys aren't allowed to hang out anymore. Thank God. <laughs> Also, also, you're going to meet this person for the first time. Let's make this like a f- all-night commitment. Yeah, you better share a bed. Not like let's meet in a public place. No. You guys go have like a pizza party. Well, this, is a re- this is, you know, round online table. chatting. You don't know about the creepers. You got to whatever. Okay, but as public. a parent, you'd think you wouldn't want people well, to. But you're like a child coming to my house to hang out with my child. I can supervise. Let's meet at round table. <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese? I don't know. Mm. Also, somehow, both sets of parents found out that the boys were, both boys were in communication with Janet Robinson. Robinson? Did her name You said Dob- Dobinson. Dobson. The, it re- yeah, it, <laughs> my computer did not like that last name. It changed it to Robinson. You gotta turn off the autocorrect thing. I do. Um, and they were like, you guys are not allowed to talk to this 44-year-old Secret Service woman again. Okay, but the parents were like, yeah, that's totally believable. Uh, I, like I said, I think it was the early stages. I think they just didn't know. I don't know. Okay. But of course that didn't happen. One night, Mark got a mes- message from Janet. It said, could you kill someone close to you? <gasps> You might be tested on that later on. 
Okay, bitch. What? <laughs> to that, he said, um, I, I don't know. I, I probably would, but I want to know why. I, I haven't really thought about it. This is like, okay. So we already talked about like adolescent brains. And yeah. then when the internet was first introduced and like you have your whole world like on the screen in front of you where you mm-hmm. don't know who the people are. You can't see them. Like, God, what a crazy time that was. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then she said, well, think, please. And he said, yeah, I could. There's my answer. Janet wasted no time in informing Mark that John had a slow-growing but terminal brain tumor, which had devastating devastating consequences for the British Secret Service. Because John is part of the Secret Service? She explained that the Secret Service needed John dead. No, that didn't explain anything for me. Uh, They needed him dead like yesterday because, get this. Sleeper agent. John was worth 568 billion pounds. You see, at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. Oh my god, okay. (laughs) Sat a massive safe full of jewels and treasure. Not just any jewels, but the world's richest jewels. Jewels can't be rich. (laughs) What did John have have to do with any of this? Yeah. Well, you see, somehow and for some reason, he was the only person alive who knew the combination to the safe. Okay, you're the Secret Service. Blow the safe up. <laughs> or torture him till he gives you the code. Yeah, you got options. I mean, come on. Wait, why would I, they kill him? Wait, why are they going to kill him? I don't know. She didn't say whether they She's would like, get we the combination. Keep it at the bottom of the ocean forever. We don't want anyone Maybe. to open it ever. She wanted it to die with him. I don't See, know. He must have gotten one of those books, like secret <laughs> combinations they don't want you to know about. They don't. And only you know. Oh, my God. I just, oh, my God. But anyway, she said, only he can walk through the door. So what? It's not a combination? It's like his DNA is the code? Maybe. I don't, it it wasn't very clear. (laughs) None of this is. Yes. Uh, yeah, so she was like, Okay, you know, so only, he knows the combination. Only For some he reason, they the don't door. want the combination. He has Unless, a brain tumor as yeah. well. Well, yeah, and I mean, maybe... So he's gonna maybe die just, anyway? Maybe they just need his body. Maybe it was like a scan, you know, like, like a, DNA a fingerprint thing. thing. Maybe, just like, yeah. they just put his body up there and then they get the jewels. Yeah, why don't I we just don't, wait no. for the brain tumor to take over? <laughs> no idea. He has a terminal... Okay. So she was like, it will not allow anyone else. And then Mark was like, not even the queen? And she said, Mark, honey. And he said, ain't it murder when you kill someone? And she said, not in your case. She then offered him 80 million pounds, (laughs) sexual favors, and a career in the intelligence service as rewards from the crown for carrying out the murder. I just feel like that's a really bad job offer because if you already slept with your superior and then you have to like work for them, 
That's like not a good. Oh well, she's gonna give him sexual favors. Right, I know, but still, that's not a good. It's not a good relationship with your, you know, superior. I mean, I think you know, sixteen-year-old boy, you're getting eighty million pounds. Yeah, why would he want a job after eighty million pounds? Why? I'd be like, I'm not fucking. He could be a spy. That's cool. Yeah, risk your life when you're already like set for life. It's really cool. Why would he want sexual favors from a forty-year-old married woman? Because she knows how to do it. No, Hello. this is a really bad offer. She's a Mark. more practice. Look, Mark, don't Look. take this offer. This is the shittiest offer. Look, Mark was given the number 74695 and ordered to terminate his friend. What? What was the number for? <laughs> I don't know. I think that was like the number of She's like, like his case number. Mission. Yeah, case number 47695. She okay. told him that after the Myrtle, Myrtle, after the murder, he would be meeting with Prime Minister Tony Blair. Oh, she God, also okay. she also told him that the code in case they needed to abort the mission was 6969. Ha, ha. <laughs> okay, that does sound like something the Secret Service would do. I'm back on board. Mhm, mhm. So mm-hmm. she said that if she gave him the code 6969, he was mm-hmm. to stop right away. Okay. Later that day, John... Is she going to mail him a phone or something? <laughs> She's just always watching. Don't worry. He'll know. He'll know. Okay. Okay, Santa Claus. Later that day, John wrote to Mark, confirming his terminal condition, saying, I got a letter today from my doc. When I went what is in a John few, doing? When I went in a few weeks ago, because I was depressed and shit, I got a brain thingy tumor, but it's big. John is the worst writer. How, like, I just don't understand how he's getting any of these things across. And Mark is like reading this and he's like, I understand what you're saying. I'm sure he's just as baffled. Oh, man. Janet then told Mark that he was going to need to get a knife. No pocket knives, she insisted. Mm-hmm. It has to be big enough to stab him and make him bleed to death. Okay. She, she even told him which store to buy it from. She's not provide the Secret Service is not providing. No, you know, no, like no. A laser I mean, the, no, no, no. Once he gets the eighty million pounds or billion a pounds, thing. he can buy whatever he wants later. Okay. She she instructed him to take John to a quiet place to kill him. She told mm-hmm. him. To tell John that he loves him, she said, make sure he knows you love him. And then after he stabbed John, he was to wait a bit and then call for an ambulance. She then assured him that she would meet him at the police station after the murder was carried out. Oh, my God. She also told him... Uh, not to try anything funny, as she had four agents always watching him. The agents would disguise themselves to fit in, like mailmen, teachers, drivers. Oh the ice cream man God. was even one. That's so fucked up. They could be anyone, that and they're always watching. so fucked up. So don't bail. Oh. After some investigating and lots of printouts, I'm sure... Wait, so this is, like, what they're telling the police, and police are, like, what I mean, this is kind of what they've discovered. This is insane. Okay. So the the police find, you know, they arrest Mark and everything, and they find their chat logs, and they've printed out 
hundreds of pages of these chat logs. Of gibberish. And I'm sure they have one of those, like, string connecting chart things and, you know, all that. And it's like, who drew the short straw who has to read through all of these? Yeah. And make some kind of semblance of what's happening. Yeah, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Four months after the attempted murder, Mark was accused of attempted murder, which he pled guilty to. For some reason, Mark never asked for Janet, even though she ensured his freedom. Yeah, because he probably knew that it wasn't real at that point. I don't know. He confessed to the stabbings, saying that he had heard voices. Oh. He never said anything about Janet, the Secret Service, the sunken treasure, the fatal tumor, nothing. Weird. But it could have been because he thought that Janet was watching and that he had to, like, play along. And then she was going to get him out eventually. Not even his own attorney or barrister in British talk knew what Mark was thinking, why he had been so gullible. His attorney thought that maybe he believed that he was working, that he was really working with the Secret Service and that. So he didn't even talk to his attorney or his parents or anything? No, not at first. Detectives, like I said, seized their computers and found found a bunch of stuff. Sally Hogg, the police analyst, recalls that there were 193 separate email addresses called from the computers. Oh my god. But the problem with the MSN chat room is we didn't know where, whether there were, say, 98 individuals or one person using 98 email addresses. They couldn't track, like, ISP addresses? I guess not. What? One thing Sally no- well I, mean, I think they I think they could but they couldn't tell like who you know if you have like a bunch of people in your house who's logging on I don't know No cuz thing- then you go to John's like address and you're like all right parents what what yeah. email address no, is yeah. yours I think she's just saying in general like they can And which email address belongs to your daughter Yeah your that was deceased kidnapped and pregnant disappeared. born again ri- risen from the dead and um, so one thing that Sally noticed was the use of the misspelled maybe as, he spelled it M-Y-B-Y-E, my by. M-Y-B-Y-E? Yeah, my by. See, how is Mark even understanding what these messages are saying? <laughs> I wouldn't know maybe is my by. Yeah, well, I'd be like, this... what the fuck does that mean? So she was able to make a connection because the unique misspelling was used by John, mm-hmm. Kevin the Rapist Stalker, mm-hmm. Janet the Secret Service Agent. Shock. Shot. Oh, my God. The fact that Janet <sighs> was probably writing in the yeah. same incoherent As a manner. As Yeah. And Mark was like, yes, this is an adult totally woman normal. speaking to me. He's like, maybe I've been spelling maybe bye. wrong this whole time. Everyone else is spelling it my bye. Or he's like, oh, what? I don't even know what this word means. They're so smart. <laughs> Could be. Fucking I. They also noticed that the last person to log onto John's computer before the attempted murder was carried out was Janet. Why was a supposed 44-year-old Secret Service person in John's house on his laptop with a password at the time that only John knew and when John was home? (laughs) 
Upon learning this, Sally went to the prosecutor with the news, and he went to Judge Madison. The news, the newest development in the case, led detectives to charge John with inciting murder. His own murder. Why did he do it? This was a legal novelty, probably everywhere in the world. For sure. Yes, I'm not aware of any other case where somebody's incited somebody to murder themselves. Nicholas was there Clark. even like a like a law about that? Not really. I mean, I don't know. The the prosecutor. Well, there's you know inciting inciting murder, murder yeah. but it's like unprecedented that he would do it to himself. Mm, exactly. Yeah. Um, so Nicholas Clark, the prosecutor, said that. He continued, I would say, of the two teenagers, John was the more wicked and more criminally culpable. Yeah, for sure. John was arrested minutes before setting off for school. He seemed to expect their arrival. For eight months while he was recovering, his friend Mark was sitting confined to a cell in mm. Juvie. At first, John didn't let on that he knew much of anything, only letting out details he was sure detectives had already known. Prior to the attempted murder, for months, John would go onto his computer at home, go into chat rooms. At some point, he started chatting with Mark. Mark, obviously not the brightest bulb in the chandelier, believed every word John typed. He said later that it was like feeding a dog. John said that? Yeah, about Mark. What a dick. Yep. Judge Madison said, skilled writers of fiction would struggle to conjure up a plot such as arises here. The prosecutor described what they found on John's laptop as an internet soap opera moving from one scene to another, each okay. character and storyline more fantastic than the last. Well, then it's kind of like, you know, John is sitting there writing it, and then every time that Mark, like, responded in, like, a just belief statement, fire. he was yeah. just like, what, really? I oh, like, okay. Okay, I guess I can be even weirder about it. Heck. His own attorney said that John... Uh, said that John wanted to be a barrister, and he thought that he would be a potentially good one, but the judge disagreed. What? Because he's, like, able to make shit up and make people believe his bullshit. Yeah, what is his deal? Every day from four in the afternoon to seven in the morning, John was online fabricating people and events. Wow. His parents noticed that he was shrinking because he basically stopped eating. He was on that 500 calorie diet. Uh Slap He's not sleeping. He's not sleeping. He's not eating. What is his deal? He explained that he had stopped eating in March and that he was just that he just wanted to be on the internet and that's all that mattered to him. He said what it was like fuck? it was like satisfying a craving. You had to be on there. You had to be doing it. He said that he felt unlovable and when he pretended to be Rachel and saw how fast Mark fell for her, he thought that Mark might not have befriended him on his own without the help of Rachel. He said that it was important to him to keep Mark as a friend, and he described a feeling of emotional intimacy he had never experienced before. John is messed up in the head. What is going on with this kid? Yeah. He that is like learned mental illness. Yes. He learned early in his life that his bio dad had abandoned him, and at one point when he was a baby had kidnapped him after assaulting physically and sexually his mom. Oh, God. 
even his stepfather, I guess, yeah, his like at a young age, his stepfather was a drug user who eventually left him and his mom when he was seven. Oh. And he remembers feeling incredibly depressed even at a young age. Oh, God. So he's got like abandonment issues and like, you know, a want to be loved but doesn't feel Trauma. worthy. So he feels like he's got to create these like personas to, to get that attention and that love. Mm-hmm. Up until this point in this in his young teen life, he felt that no man had ever meant much to him before Mark. Why at did he have to take it so far? At school, the kids hurled insults at him, calling him gay because he was friends with girls. Oh, come on. He was bullied mercilessly, and he developed a bit of OCD during this time, having oh. to having washing and dressing routines that had to be followed in a strict manner. And if anything didn't follow the exact order, he had to start over again. Oh God. His room was perfectly ordered and neat and everything was in parallel lines. And he was also very paranoid. He was convinced that everyone was talking about him as soon as he was with, uh, out of earshot. Oh God. He thought that they were like, as soon as they, you know, he couldn't hear them, they were like calling him names and spreading rumors. He felt that his mom was also trying to abandon him because she had started dating a new man who had moved in with them. And he said that the new boyfriend was receiving more attention than he was. Oh, oh no. Eight months after the new guy moved in was when John started being on the computer all the time. He admitted that when his mom and her new boyfriend were in her room with the door closed, he would put his ear to the door to see if they were talking about him. Oh, my God. He didn't feel like he was part of the family. He said he felt lost and alone, but there was nowhere for him to go except for his room and his computer. So he said that he created people to talk to other people, uh, like as a form of entertainment and just like a way to connect with people. And he met Mark shortly after starting his online journey. And Mark, who was falling for Rachel and always trying to arrange a meetup in real life with her, which, of course, would never happen, so John had to make up reasons why they couldn't meet, like a stalker, Kevin, who, you know, needed him to do humiliating things and uh, to, you know, to protect Rachel. And also, like, you can't meet her because Kevin's around. And then John later acknowledged that he knew how much he had traumatized Mark with the alleged rape and murder of Rachel. Yeah. Although he said he was surprised that Mark believed it all. He said, I would say things that wouldn't make sense. Somehow yeah, so Mark insane. never noticed. Oh, God. Mark's this is attorney, all bad. I know. Mark's attorney argued that John had brainwashed Mark. But the more than 500 pages of internet chat transcripts, the 50 pages of psychological reports and excerpts from police interviews painted a complex picture of John, one in which he didn't do this out of maliciousness or contempt for Mark, but out of fear, fear of being alone, fear of not being loved. The goal of all the characters he created had one thing in common— it was all a way for John to stay in contact with Mark and keep Mark interested. Mark wasn't the only one in love. John later admitted that he looked up to Mark and wanted him for himself. Oh, 
He then admitted. Why are you just like? Oh. He like your fourteen year old teen boy. Like, uh, like you said, your brain is not developed. You think that crazy things are. He's like, already like more... really paranoid. Yes. Ugh. And, you know, at least he's getting attention, and that's what he's craving. Yeah. He admitted to being torn between loving the attention and the thrill he got from the stories he made up and feeling trapped and guilty. Mm. He described his existence as isolated. John's attorney argued that the reason that John tried to commit suicide through Mark was because of unrequited because of the unrequited love he felt for Mark. He told his therapist that he wanted to die. Mm. One of his teachers noticed that John had like before all this, one of the teachers noticed that John became more withdrawn than usual. And she also noticed that he was always reading books on mental illnesses. Oh, no. And she told John's mother what she had observed, and that's when um, his mom took away the computer. Oh. Uh, mm-hmm. Observant teachers. Yeah, like she actually heroes. did something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. During the trial, Mark learned that every person he talked to online, all the friendships, love interests, the people who had made him masturbate on webcam for them, the secret service spy, the ice cream vendors, the mailmen who were supposedly spying on him, they were all made up by John. Every person he spoke to was John. Oh, that had to hurt. Every person he confided in was John. The world he knew was John. Aww. Mark said, I've been a fool. Oh, Mark. I know. At the end of May, the teens, their lawyers, and the press all gathered in the courtroom. Both boys pleaded guilty. They were both sentenced to their relief, probation. The con- Shit. Yes. The conditions for the probation were they were to have no unsupervised internet access. Yeah. And the two boys were no longer allowed to communicate with each other. Uh, and they need psychological help. Yeah. After this was implemented, both boys were said to have improved drastically. <laughs> John's mom said that he had been getting along with her live-in boyfriend and that he had a girlfriend. Wow. Um, this is the strange, not the strange, uh, but this is uh-huh. a strange part of the story. Yeah. For some reason, the British public didn't learn about what actually went down in this case. All they knew was a 14-year-old boy had been stabbed almost to death by a knife-wielding madman on the loose. <laughs> oh, my God. No. Oh, my God. No one no, updated the no, story. <laughs> no printed publications ever ever corrected this story oh my god that is hilarious in a weird now, way if anyone was curious or like kind of caught wind and they did some online investigation they could find the truth they're like hey you remember that madman that was like running around i wonder if they ever caught him yeah yeah but it was never in any kind of like magazine or newspaper or tv publication you had to dig for the truth online how weird and because of this, so a lot of people, well, so th- this Vanity Fair article was written in 2006, so I'm sure it's like, well, it's more well known now. But during this time, because 
basically no one in the UK or in Brit in Britain knew the truth. John was kind of able to go back to his old ways a little bit. Uh-oh. He told his therapist that he would lie to his girlfriend a lot. Uh-oh. Because she thought that he had been stabbed by a madman who was still on the loose. Oh, no. Unfortunately for John, it seems his girlfriend had access to the internet, and <laughs> she's like, no, I don't believe you. Wow. When Mark is brought up to John, he still cries. He says he misses him terribly, even though he recognizes that the friendship was never real. Yeah. And that Aww. is my case. That was awful. No one died. That's true. <laughs> and no one's like rotting in prison forever. And hopefully they are getting the help that they need. But that was awful. Yeah. This is why you have to monitor like children. Mm-hmm. You gotta put those locks on their TVs and computers and shit. But that was this was before that. This is like when they were, uh, people were just getting the internet in their house. Nobody knew. I mean, isn't that insane? That was a wild ride. I just, I mean, both of them. I just feel so bad for both of them. Yeah, yeah. I really hope that. Yeah, they get the help that they need. They so yeah, desperately and need. I think, I, I think it was good that the judge gave them conditional probation and they're not just like yes. sitting in jail for like a mistake they made as children. Just yeah. try, like one of them trying to find love and acceptance and the other one too. Both of them trying to find love and acceptance in like a crazy fucked up world and trying to just be friends. Like, the fact funny. that the one tricked the other one yes. so badly. John is a tossed salad with a touch of scrambled. And what would have happened if he actually did kill him? Yeah. Yeah, he would have gone away. Yeah, Mark would have been charged with murder for sure. Yep. Crazy. The tossed salad... And the scrambled egg. A tossed salad. A scrambled egg. So I think Mark got caught up in it, and I think that he is just, he was just a naive little yeah. boy. Yeah. And I think John is manipulative as fuck, but also I think it has to do with mental illness and a touch of the tossed salad. Yes, but if he was still, like, manipulating. Yeah. I just, uh. But that's what, like, it seemed like he had a lot of different things to work through. Yeah, he should have been. Illnesses. That's the thing. And, like though, I said, the I mean, article that I. Even if you get counseling, if you're not putting in the work and if you're not being honest yeah. with your therapist, like, it's not going to work. But, like I said, the article that I read was from 2006. So mm -hmm. that was, like, shortly after all that happened. So, like, who knows where he is now? Hopefully, in a better place. Hopefully, he's gotten help for. Issues, I mean, but yeah, I hope so. Who knows? I mean, there's like, I just feel like there's there's such a shift that happens when you're like obviously you know an adolescent and then a young adult to like an adult adult and you're just kind of like, how was my brain like? How was I functioning back then with like all the thoughts I was having and like my own, you know, like the world yes. is so 
about you when you're that age and you do think that like people are talking about you and it's like you know and then the older you get you're like people don't care about me like no one's talking about me and if they are who fucking cares you know but like when you're little you just need everyone to like like you and approve of you and I don't know you're just you just function on such a different level when you're that age it's just like my heart breaks for those kids yeah yeah and you know you're not fully developed until you're 70, having your first child. That's right. And even then, you're still <laughs> even pretty young. Then, gotta it's take just, those bone uh, supplements. Life is so hard. Life Fuck. is hard. And then you get kicked while you're down. And then you have a baby at 70, and your life gets better because you're yeah. mature enough to have kids. So got those good bones. That's right. Mm-hmm. Fuck, that was tragic. Anyway. Yeah, let's, uh, <laughs> uh, if you want to cheer yourself up, go ahead and treat yourself to something from humblebeeherbal.com. Father's Day's coming up. If you've got a father figure in your life and fathers take many forms, go ahead and get them something nice. There's a box that has everything that they need for primping and prepping and living. They got their shampoo bar, their soap bar, yeah. a deodorant, and a lip balm. That's like all you need. That's a nice package. I would love to get that. That's a nice package. That is a nice package. <laughs> they also have another nice package. If your dad likes to shave or keep his beard nice and beardy. Look, people are like taking care of their facial hair these days. Don't be high, be behind the to. times. Moisturize. You got to moisturize. You got to primp. <laughs> you got to style. You got to wash it. You got to you shave got to a shave little bit. shave in the right spot. Yep. Keep it looking good to yeah. match your $90 accidental haircuts. That's right. If you yeah. don't want to get an accidental haircut, just do it yourself. <laughs> Check out Humble Be Herbal. They have gifts for all types of people, whether you are masculine, feminine, anywhere in between. Check them out. Use code CRIMINY20 at checkout to get 20% off your first order. That's humblebeherbal.com. Check them out. Get yourself and or, and or someone you love something very nice. Very nice. And now for the portion that we like to call CRIMINY6, where we tell you silly stories about crime that make you forget the terrible things we just told you. Okay, so I have this crime and sakes that, like, I hope is real. It's like an old-timey crime and sakes. Oh, but okay. I'm starting to think it might be made up, but I really, Uh-oh. really hope it's real. And um, it was from this <laughs> really, really, really dense article oh. on irishtimes.com. Okay. I think it was more of like a philosophy paper, but I'm just going to read the part that I clipped out that I like okay. the best for a crime and sakes. <clears throat> In the late 1780s, the Cork clergyman Arthur O'Leary met a performing bear at Boulanger-sur-Mer <gasps> in northern uh-huh. France. Okay. Did you read this? Yeah, I did. (laughs) (laughs) The bear could mark time. 
count with his paw on the sand, <laughs> and he could nod to the gentleman and make an okay. They wrote this. Yeah. Yeah. Oriental salam to the ladies with a grace and affability quite foreign to members of his grisly order. The bear, however, became irritated after being repeatedly poked with a stick by its owner and yeah. growled out, not in English but in Irish, The devil take him! This guy has me persecuted! The bear turned out to be a monoglot Irish speaker from Dungarvan, sh- shipwrecked while sailing to Bilbao with a consignment of dried cod. Oh, no. A a Frenchman had subsequently sewn him up into a bear skin and made him perform. Oh. O'Leary contacted the mayor of the town. The skin was ripped open and out clambered the naked Waterford man. How long was he in there? (laughs) So, I hope the story is true because it's fucking terrible and hilarious. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, Um, I have one, too. Oh, sweet. Okay, this is from New Delhi. Ooh, okay. What happens in a northern Indian town when you rip up someone else's plants and saunter away? Uh-oh, what happens? You go to jail. Okay. Even if you're a donkey. <laughs> News this week that eight donkeys had been jailed for four days for eating expensive saplings went viral in India, drawing a mix of ridicule and good-hearted laughs. The Indian government has been on a cleanliness kick led uh-huh. by Prime Minister Narendra Modi and uh-huh. has vowed to build tens of millions of toilets and clean up garbage in cities. According to the authorities, the donkeys were making a mess. Uh. We had warned the donkeys' <laughs> owners a couple of times, but they didn't pay heed. Mm. A police constable said, according to an interview that was broadcast on the Indian News <laughs> Channel, television footage showed the donkeys in the town of Urai in Uttar Pradesh state mm-hmm. plodding out of a scruffy jail, walking <laughs> single file, heads bowed. <laughs> the way the scene was filmed made it look like a classic police perp walk. Oh my police God. officials accused them of eating young plants that had been put near the jail as part of a cleanup campaign. <gasps> the plants were worth almost a thousand dollars, authorities said. Many were quick to mock the authorities. Dear UP police, one person wrote on Twitter, how about arresting real criminals? instead of donkeys. The donkey's owner, identified only as a young man named Kamlesh, had no idea at first what had happened to his animals and went on a frantic search. When he learned the donkeys had been incarcerated, he pleaded with police officers to release them. The officers refused. So Kamlesh did what what many people in India do when they hit a sticky spot in the law. He found a politician. He persuaded a local leader from Mr. Modi's political party the BJP, to accompany him to the jail, and this time the outcome was different. All eight donkeys were set free on Monday. (laughs) Police officials said Kamlesh signed a statement that from now on, he will not allow his animals to roam in residential areas or places of public importance. Well, at least now the the jail's got eight donkey uh, prison outfits, so when the next donkeys come in, they're ready. I can't believe they, like, paraded them. I mean... You are not allowed to rip up plants. It's rude. And you know what? They they, they are trying to clean up the town. They put a lot of money into those plants. That's right. 
reckless Jail. donkey behavior. Think about what you did, donkeys. Mm-hmm. Bunch of asses. <laughs> <laughs> Making asses out of yourselves. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Um, oh, sorry about last week. We are having a bit of oh. a bumpy road. A hoe. I was going to uh, say that at the beginning. Trying to get things going. Um, Look, I got my second vaccine, wasn't feeling 100%, yes. procrastinated a bit, we've been busy, so, you know, things might be a little, we already warned people things were going to be a little bumpy, though, so. So, sorry about the bumpy ride, we'll try. Sorry about we, it. We're aiming for every week, everyone, but. Also, uh, go get your second vaccine, guys, it wasn't that bad, and it doesn't yeah, do much if you only get one. Get, get the both. second one. Get vaccinated. How about your hello hello human beings? (laughs) Hello hello human human beings. beings. Let's get out of this quarantine pandemic situation. I can't even speak anymore. Brain fart brain fart cloud out of our brains. Take those those brain fart enemas. That's right. Everyone mm -hmm. get your colonics. Get Get your your vaccines. Eat 500 calories a day. We can do that. Learn all the things that they don't want you to know. We know all the things now. Let's practice them. We know the things. And uh, check out Humble Be Herbal. Get yourself something nice. Get your father figure something nice. Get anyone something nice. Just check them out. Sign up for a newsletter to get discounts and learn about sales that are going on. Or new products that are coming out. They're always coming out with something new. It's great. Check them out. That's humblebeherbal.com. Use code CRIME20 at checkout. And we will speak at you again next week. Rate, review, subscribe. Check us out. Check them out. Check that. Good. Check. Check. Good. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>